For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. This is Monsieur Ulala! <laughs> and you're listening to Brady Hicks in the room. Every week, of course, on VOCNation.com, Brady Hicks and I, I couldn't be more excited to be here tonight. We're going to bring the energy. I can feel it. Kathy Fitz, everybody. What's going on, Kathy? Not much, Brady. How are you tonight? I'm, I'm doing good. You know what? The, the weather has finally turned. I'm, I couldn't be more happy, you know, and uh, we've got a great guest tonight. I can't wait to uh, get into that as well. Uh, also joining us. The one and only maestro of professional wrestling, Papa Stro. How you doing, my friend? Oh, great to be here with you guys. Uh, I, I, I feel it. Summertime's almost upon us, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely feeling good. I'm loving the weather for sure. Uh, 914-338-1885 is the number to call in tonight. I'll try and remind you guys of that periodically during the show. Hopefully we can get a lot of the callers tonight going. Uh, guys, because uh, it's just the three of us tonight. Uh, no Ray Bogus, uh, no Matt Grimm tonight. Uh, maybe we'll get Derek later on. Yeah, you know, it's never. It's always like uh, like a roll of the dice with Derek. You never quite know what you're going to get, but it, it's worthwhile if he does show up. So tonight should be a lot of fun. Like I said, uh, we're going to have a very special guest joining us. Actually, he's a longtime friend, Kathy. He's uh, one of the first people I met. Uh, when I started going to ECWA shows back in 2007, uh, Joe Zanoli. 
former photographer for PWI and currently the matchmaker for ECWA. ECWA, of course, in about, well, about 11 or 12 days now, we're going to have uh, heat strokes. I know. It sounds Who? horrible to say we're going to have a heat stroke. Stroke. We're going to know it ahead of time. But, yeah, we're going to have that ECWA heat stroke on June 5th. And uh, we're going to run down Joe the park for that tonight. Joe Hill? We're going to block. Yeah, if only that could save me from heat stroke. You have a problem, Kathy? Joe Hill? Joe's an Ollie. Joe Hill? <laughs> oh, you don't like Joe? Oh, I like We got heat there? Doesn't huh? sound like it. It's going to be the first question. What's up with you and Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 914-338-1885. You're the one going, Joe. Uh, 914-338-1885 is the number to call in tonight. Like I said, we're going to definitely go to the callers tonight, and, and I'm, I'm banking on having some time with you guys, which will be great. Um, <laughs> because Ray don't like the callers as much, but it's uh, it's kind of nice to go to them sometimes and uh, have nice, lengthy discussions. So we'll, we'll try and make some time for that tonight. Uh, also, uh, the big news, and it kind of broke the news wire, I guess, uh, over the weekend, uh, but not only is AEW going to go back to having live crowds, but WWE has announced a touring schedule that's going to go through September, and uh, it includes a number of dates coming up, and uh, the days in the Thunderdome are limited, Stroh. We're almost done with it, hopefully. We're free! <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my goodness. It was awful. <laughs> It was absolutely awful. Um, and, in fact, it got so bad that WWE stopped inviting me to the Thunderdome because they kept RSVPing and then forgetting to log in for the live shows. So they, they stopped inviting me at some point. So I never actually got to do the Thunderdome. But. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know what it is? I don't really watch the shows live, you know? Uh, now I will if I can go live, but I, I generally don't watch them on TV live. Because I need, I need that yeah. remote. I need to be able to fast forward, you know? I uh, I need to be doing something else while I'm watching it, or I'll go crazy. Go crazy. More than usual? <laughs> yes, more than usual, of course. Uh, so, anyway, so 914-338-1885. So, there's that. And, of course, AEW has a, a little pay-per-view coming up, Stro, this uh this Sunday, it's AEW uh, All or uh, Double or Nothing, not All or Nothing, Double or Nothing, and uh, featuring the, uh, I guess the number two wrestler in the world. I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw the comments by Jim Ross, but AEW apparently very upset that Jim Ross said that Randy Orton is the number one wrestler in the world. Um, I, I I don't. I mean, I I disagree with him, but I wouldn't put Kenny Omega in that spot. I think it's AJ Styles. Yeah. Well, I, I, I could watch AJ and Randy Orton match. I mean, all day. I mean, I mean, they're they're amazing. Sure, and and Randy Orton's good. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like he's um he's very monotonous in his delivery, you know. And it's like there's nothing wrong with that, but it just it makes me not get as excited for him. He's just kind of. I think I think Randy's one of the smartest wrestlers going in our business right now. Now, why do you say and that? Down with, the, with his work, the way he carries himself, the way he work, wrestles and, and works in the ring, uh, very smart. 
I mean, doesn't no wasted motion. I mean, his psychology is is amazing to witness. Is it safe to say he's like the new Triple H at this point? Oh, he's right up there in my book. Yeah, I, I mean, I and I have a lot of respect for him and what he could do. Uh, I think back in um, maybe like oh six, oh seven, oh eight. Uh, I think people were really getting tired of Randy Orton, and a large part of that was because he was fighting John Cena almost every week on television. And I think it got a little boring at some point to just have the same match over and over and over again. Obviously, they're the top two guys in the industry at the time, so it made sense that they would kind of shove them down our throats. But at some point, you know, Randy Orton kind of distanced himself from that, you know, and he, he kind of made a name more on his own. And, and um, I got to say, I mean, I'm liking his stuff even more than when he was the original Legend Killer, which I thought was like some of the best stuff I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I'm definitely curious, and we can talk about that tonight, guys. Again, 914-338-1885 is the number to call in. But who is the greatest wrestler in the world? Like I said, in my opinion, it's AJ Styles. I think the guy uh, can do things in the ring that nobody else can. Uh, I think he understands the psychology of the business. I, I think that uh, he's a, he's a great headliner who 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 isn't uh, who doesn't shy away from the spotlight. And I think on top of all that, I think he blows Randy Orton away in the promo department. Just my opinion, but that's how I feel. Uh, so I would say AJ. That's your opinion. <laughs> Just my opinion. Yeah. It's your opinion, right? Of course. Well, that's that's how this is. I, 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 love, I, I love AJ too. You know, I mean, I mean, I've been a big fan of AJ for quite some time, and I mean, like yeah. you said, he's complete. He's a complete package. He is. I, I think. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, he's um, he's the new Shawn Michaels. You know. In the ring, he's the new Shawn Michaels. I, 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 absolutely. I mean, yeah. he's awesome. And you can literally wrestle with anybody and have a great match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did a, I did the top five the other day, uh, just, you know, when we were going back and forth with Derek in the chat. And uh, I listed my top five for current. And uh, a bunch of them have already been named, obviously. it's uh, And these are in no particular order just because I, I don't have the time to kind of sort it out right now. Uh, but I know I had AJ Styles. I had Randy Orton. I had Kenny Omega. Um, I don't remember who the other one was. I'm going to have to look it up, Kathy. I don't remember. Who else did I say? Hey, Adam Cole. Adam happened. Cole was one. Yeah, well, <laughs> i got to remember five of them. I'm still yeah. with you on that one. I have to time. Why isn't it here? I'm look- oh, I'm looking at the wrong chat. Here it is. Okay. Oh, Adam, so yeah, I, Adam Cole's great. Oh my God. Adam that Cole. And uh, and Roman. Roman was my other one. So that's my top five. Roman. Actually, uh, one AJ, two Roman, three Omega, four Cole, five Orton. Again, opinions are like a holes. So everybody's got one. Um, right. Hey, Roman's my dude, man. I love Roman too. He's the head of the table. Yeah. You know, I heard a funny. Uh, I, I saw a funny meme, uh, and it said that. Uh, is it safe to say since AEW, when they do the Friday night show, they're going to be on at 10 after SmackDown? Is that Tony Khan's way of acknowledging that Roman Reigns is the head of the table? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with yeah, you, though. Like, I those picks are, are, are the best going right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and if um if you were to throw in Jericho, who I thought he was ranked a little high um, in the PWI 500, uh, that's your top five right there. Oh, and Moxley. I forgot about Moxley. 
Yeah, but I, I feel like Moxley and Jericho have slipped a lot since those ratings were done almost a year ago. If you give some time, uh, guys like um, MJF. Um, sure. And maybe Darby and Guevara could really be stepping up. Oh, I think so, yeah. And there's some really, uh, you know, that doesn't include Drew. That doesn't include, obviously, Lashley. Um Right, I, and I I, I kind of consider Lashley to be right up there with all those guys as well. I, I think the stuff that he's been doing since uh, since like March has been amazing. Uh, so I would definitely put him up there as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, um, I don't know how anybody could get upset naming any of those guys as the top wrestler in the world. Um, uh, if you're going to leave company politics aside, I, I think you can't go wrong. No. Oh, and then no, 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 Brady, just some of the best, the best. Go ahead, Kathy. Yeah, good. But we we did have sad news. You know, we can't forget to mention that passing of New Jack. Yeah, yeah. Well, we actually talked about it last week. Uh, we 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 um. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it was sad. It was definitely sad. And then, from um, what I understand I, today, I'm glad I can't go in his oh, trunk anymore. Yeah, please. Um. <clears throat> Alexa Bliss lost her pig today. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, and I'm not laughing at that. I'm not laughing at that. It's just, uh, that, it man. does suck. And that's the problem. Um, and I, I think I've even said this on the air before. Like, people that take, not that a pig is exotic, um, but it's not a traditional pet. And part of the problem <laughs> with that, and this is why usually only people with money have them, uh, because you can't just get anybody to take care of them, like a vet, you know? She had a special vet that she that she uh, consulted with when Larry Steve got sick, and apparently this vet said, that's over my head. You really need a pig specialist. Well, how the hell do you find a pig specialist? Well, well unfortunately, it's not a livestock vet. Yeah, you, and... and, and when you're in Orlando, where are you going to find a livestock vet? I had, when I was team of the great, great oh, no, sorry. No, I was just <laughs> I was making saying, a stupid I, joke. When I was uh, team of Greg Valentine, that's how we hit it off because we both had pet pigs at the time. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you had a pet pig. Oh yeah, like a mini farm. Yeah. <laughs> did it? Did it? Did it get as big as Larry Steve did? It was. It was. It was pretty thick. <laughs> Yeah, pretty sick. Very healthy pig. Well, now, it lived a long it, time, too. It did live a long time, because hers lived just shy of four years. It was uh, uh, one day shy of four years, which isn't that old. No. Um, I'm going to guess, and this is just me guessing, Stro, because that pig lived inside and didn't have a lot oh, okay. of room to run around. I would assume having never been to your place, that you've got a lot of property and a lot of land for this pig to kind of walk around on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to – they say the same thing with zoo animals, you know. Like, they just don't live as long inside or in captivity like that, you know. They they do much better if they can uh, kind of roam around a little bit outside and be free. Right, right. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to make a stupid joke about uh Well, there was a girl <laughs> down the street from us <laughs> had a pig. What's and one day what's that? it got loose. 
the girl down the street from the pot belly mm-hmm. chick. Okay. And it got loose. Uh, and I'm looking in the backyard in and I'm like, and I stop it. Okay. <clears throat> I meant me. And I called, and I called my uncle to come over <clears throat> to look because I was tracing yeah. a pig with a pink collar on outside. That's wow. pigs for you. It's sad. You know, Liv Morgan has a pig too. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She's got. She's like in a mini farm. <laughs> With Bo Dallas. Wow, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I heard they're together. I just heard that recently. <clears throat> so. Live more yeah, that kind of blows your mind. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They're on a farm, and, uh, well, he's recently released, uh, but they're both um, in the process, or, or I guess they became realtors recently, so they're opening a business mm-hmm. as well. So, but and I just found out that they're like life partners now. I didn't even know that. So, kudos to them. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm laughing, guys, but I have all these little kittens that are definitely finding their own personality now all over yeah. the place. My uncle's trying to eat. Two of the kittens are climbing up him. Two are playing on the table. It's <laughs> 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 like I mean, they're going to their homes next week. But oh my God, they're okay. hysterical. You should keep them all. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Knocking things oh, all man. over the place. <laughs> oh. So, uh, yeah, so thoughts and prayers uh, definitely go out to, uh, to to the family of Larry Steve. A, a tremendous loss. Tremendous loss. Uh, you can actually, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, uh, but they actually aired the episode of Total Divas uh, where she picked up the pig, where where she met the pig at the farm and brought him home. And he was so tiny, Kathy. He was like a teacup pig when she got him. Yeah. Uh, who would have known that he'd grow to be five times as big as she is? Um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. 914-338-1885. Uh, yeah, so uh, this weekend, of course, is uh, AEW Double or Nothing. And... Um, I don't know. It's weird because, like, I don't feel like they're necessarily putting out the best card that they could. And that's not a knock on anybody that's on it. But, like, for example, the main event is Kenny Omega against Orange Cassidy against Pac. Orange Cassidy and Pac haven't exactly been positioned as main eventers. It just seems hard to believe to me, as dominant as Kenny Omega has been, that they haven't really tried to build up a challenger to go against them. A little strange to me. Well, what do you think, Stro? I mean, Pac and uh, Orange Cassidy as kind of dual number one contenders. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm traditionally, you know, was hoping it'd be more of a one-on-one contest yeah. with Kenny Omega and whoever maybe whether yeah. it be a Pac or a Cassidy or whatever. It, it, it would have been, I mean, personally, it would have been so much better, but that's just my opinion. But I'll be the match goes well. I mean, yeah, to me, I don't know. Like, there, there's such a great roster there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like they could have done something, you know, something different. Um, and as far as the, the pinnacle and the inner circle goes, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how they're going to top the uh, – Dual cage matches <laughs> that they had, you know, last time. I mean, 
to this day, no. do I? No. Because it was, yeah. I don't, I don't know how they're going to top the stadium stampede that they did last year. That thing was amazing. Oh, gosh, yes. Like the, the flip yes. Canadian destroyers into the end zone and <laughs> yeah. running guys over with golf carts and uh, the mascot oh, yeah. guys up. It just, I, I don't know. To me, that's the kind of thing, like, that should have stood on its own, and now you try and do something new and different. That would have been me. That that would have been my thought. I don't know how you're going to yeah. stop that. Me neither. Yeah. I'll tell you what, whatever Jim Cornette <laughs> says, whatever Jim Cornette says about it is going to be amazing, though. I would guess that it's going to be better than the match. <laughs> I'm a, I like what he said last week, A.W. Dynamite. Yeah. He said, oh, my gosh, I was watching AEW and sure enough, a wrestling match broke out. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, I saw that. Yeah. I Gage saw that. And uh, Seidel. Uh, but it was a I great saw that. Yeah, it was a great, what a match. It was great. I mean, <laughs> I got, like I mentioned on social media, it probably won't get talked about much, but it, I, I enjoyed it. So yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's been good. It's It's been good. And uh, I, I think that they're really smart to, uh, to finally position Britt Baker, not to sound like Mike. Uh, but <laughs> the caller Mike. But I, I'm really glad that they positioned Britt Baker in that number one contender spot. Finally, I think she's going to slot in really well there. And I, I honestly think she should Absolutely. probably win the title. I, she's probably the most well-rounded person girl on that roster. Not person, but well-rounded would, uh, girl in the roster. I would think. You know, aside from the NWA right. girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was yeah. represented really well. I think I'm with. Yeah, you. I do too. She's definitely like the biggest star. I would say her and MJF are probably the two biggest stars that they've made. Yeah. Like generic homegrown. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, and, and we can definitely talk about all that. Go ahead. There's a, vid- there's a video out there of MJF when he was little being on the Rosie O'Donnell show. I saw that. Show. I saw that. That is hysterical. Yeah, and it looks just like him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just like a little kid. <laughs> Didn't he? He sang, right? Wasn't that it? He was a singer. <laughs> uh, uh, two other matches from the show that I absolutely, uh, I'm just stoked about. Uh, one of them is uh, Hangman Adam Page taking on Brian Cage. Uh, so the oh, Page yeah. and Cage connection. I, I think it's going to be really good. I do. Um, I feel like Brian Cage is somebody who has been. So underutilized since he got there. And Hangman Adam Page has been, like, on that cusp. Like, if he gets one big win, I I expect that he's the guy that they're going to ultimately position against Kenny Omega at some point. Just because they've kind of run parallel for so long, it just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that one coming. Yeah, definitely. And the other one is, um, not Rusev, um, Miro. 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 Uh, the best man, he's going to be taking on uh, uh, Lance Archer, Vance Archer, Lance Archer, Lance Archer. Vance Archer was WWE, right? <laughs> he's not an Archer of infamy, I'll say that. Uh, yeah, so so Miro, and, and I love the fact that Jim Cornette said how great he was, but that none of it mattered because AEW has ruined him by having him come out in the pink mini mouse shirt. I don't even remember that happening, but uh, Jim Cornette was very affected by this, so. I want to be wild with those two big guys. I'm thinking so. And, and WWE, man, and, and you talk about, like, guys that they missed the mark with. He might be the biggest 
loss that they really suffered in terms of like because like Moxley, Jericho, like you know exactly what they are. But Rusev never really the fans liked him, but you never got to really see all that he could be in WWE, and that's a shame because he was right. very over. Very he much. was very over. Yeah, R- R- Rusev Day at one point was amazing. The following day had to him. Yeah. <laughs> How about Lana is the best Lana number one? <laughs> <laughs> I remember they had the T-shirt. It was like the calendar, Kathy, and it was like every day was Rusev Day. Well, wasn't it? No. According to the shirt, it was. Yeah, so 914-338-1885. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what else, what else is part of this pay-per-view? I, it, it, I, I am going to watch this thing. I mean, not live, obviously. Oh, Sting and Darby Allen against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. So Sting's going to have his second. I'm guessing that'll be like a theatrical match again. Um, I'm glad Sting's it's not going to be an actual match. match. Is it? Okay. It's basically an actual match, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I'm glad he's not getting power bombed by anybody. I don't think any of those guys are going to power bomb him. Yeah, I, yeah, I imagine he'll get the hot tag for sure. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I would think. And of course, the Bucks against uh, Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Uh, I I am really digging them as a pair, Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I know they're I know they're pretty close. Uh, I know that uh, you can tell that they're having fun in there together. Um, and it was a little forced, I guess, because, like, one minute they're, like, kind of fighting. The next minute, um, uh, my, um, Eddie Kingston is diving on top of him to prevent him from the sparklers getting him. Uh, so, I mean, it all happened really quickly. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm I enjoying them. They have good chemistry. They're funny. They're they're fun. I, I like them a lot. Absolutely. I, I, I can't wait to see that yeah. one. That one should be pretty good. And, and how about Impact, man? They're making out like a bandit, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> look at all those Impact guys on that show. You know? Oh, wow. He ain't even wearing his Impact belt out there. He's usually having Don Callis carry it for him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I don't get that either. I, I thought it'd be more of an interpromotional. It should have been. You know? Yeah. <laughs> As a, uh, as Balky Bartokamus would say, get out of the city. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. man. So, uh, so nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five is the number to uh, to get in touch with us here tonight. And like I said, we're going to be taking calls around the the ten o'clock hour. But once we go to the callers, uh, we're going to go to them early and often. And right now, we're actually being joined by a very special guest, Stro. He's actually a good friend of mine. Uh, Kathy, Kathy is pretending not to know him for some reason, but uh, <laughs> Joe Zanoli, the ECWA matchmaker and uh, longtime uh-huh. friend of mine, PWI photographer, all that great stuff. Joe, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? Brady. How you doing? How's everybody what's doing? Up, brother? Good, good. Uh, you Kathy, former I know you more than half my life. What do you mean you don't know me? <laughs> She's like, Joe Hill. <laughs> How you doing, Stro? Joe Joe Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, good. We, uh... Stro, you know, I, I know don't know Kathy. if you realize this. When I, when <laughs> I met Kathy, probably when I was like 15, 16. 
Thank you. Didn't you meet her at the arena before they built it, and then they built it around you guys, and then they they brought in the (laughs) ring and started to – yeah. I um show I don't know if I ever told you this story but uh so if you go back and look at WrestleMania 18 or 19 right yeah uh, in particular like picture like Hogan and the Rock right they're doing the iconic yeah. stare down and they pan down slightly yeah. Stro yeah John right. that's when I had some hair camera now. right there yeah ah nice yeah nice. what are you saying Joe I I I try I tell people like the different things I've been involved <laughs> in with wrestling what you know. And, uh, what, you know, whatever little things I was able to do as a referee, photographer, or running shows. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, probably, yeah. That's probably my top thing was being there because I, I can't I can't describe what the atmosphere was like. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was nothing, nothing like it ever. And it, to me, that was the best wrestling match of all time. I mean, uh, I, I know it was no uh, five-star classic but if you were there you know you know it was just yeah. it was unbelievable and uh and it was know, like the, and it was like the last time that like photographers were allowed at ringside like that really was it i i don't know because they go one you of know, the last time back and forth well yeah you know it's funny doing those shows back then i remember it was easier to get into mania than it was like a roll or smackdown and I forget I forget yeah. what age it was, and they said, "Well, we let everybody in for Mania." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I guess you know they try to get them as much press as they can, but um, yeah. I remember one time I drove to Baltimore, and they wouldn't let me in, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a waste of a ride. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I got to do that Mania, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I'm really glad yeah. I got to do that mania um, because that's the two two of the most charismatic guys ever in wrestling, and it was just funny because the crowd mm-hmm. turned. You know, the crowd, they, you know, yeah. Rock and and Hogan turned um, in, in the match, and you know, people say what they want about Hogan and stuff, but. You know, we probably won't be talking. Maybe we won't even be talking right now if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. Who knows? Probably not. I mean, I, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have become the fan that I did. Uh, Joe, you talk about that being your greatest moment. Is it better than hiding from Abdullah the Butcher in the shower? Uh, well, actually, that was honky tonk, man. After I got hit by Abdullah the Butcher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you. Were, I never yeah. forget Brady. I. Going up to Abdullah the Butcher and asking him, you know, <laughs> introducing myself and uh, asking them what they needed from me in the match, him and Bam Bam Bigelow. And he was trying to figure out, and he says, when the time is right, you'll know. And uh, I knew when he hit me, and I fell. <laughs> and I remember Bob Ortiz saying, Joe, they're coming, roll, roll. So I had to roll out. Back and roll. <laughs> oh, my Under God. The, uh, Bottom rope and honky tonk man was singing in the shower. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's tremendous. Uh, you know, a lot of cool things. Of course, with ECWA, the, the first Super Eight, you know, with Tommaso. I mean, that was like a, you know, pretty cool thing to do. And um, yeah, yeah. You know, so I've had my fun over the years. Well, we probably, probably got to do more than I. Uh, 
could have expected to do, you know. What were you saying, so. Kathy? So, do you remember that time at the Civic Center when they made you go to the hospital with the ambulance guys? <laughs> I just wrote that on Mick Foley's thing. Well, Mick Foley mentions really? me in his book, Not By Name, saying the right. referee's faking and they're taking him in an ambulance, and I got holes in yeah. my neck. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I wrote on his post, I said, I don't know if he's seen it. I said, I knew how to sell Mick. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's a long story. But long story short, the commission thought I was hurt and thought I was saying I was okay. And they, they, they didn't want to, I guess, be liable. And they're like, if you don't, you know, they said if I didn't go, they were going to, you know, stop the show. You know, figuring that I was hurt and was just saying that I wasn't. I mean, I, I, you know. Wow. And so he's standing there with Jerry Lawler. And huh? Lawler's, like, remember Lawler was laughing because he was like, are you sure you're okay? Are you sure you're okay? And he was. Yeah, well, I remember it was Honky like, and Rude, too. And I was, it was yeah. me, Honky, Rude, and Tony Stetson in the room. And, I mean, I was wow. 19. I didn't know. In the room, I didn't you know nothing. What's that? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just, I and, just said, uh, you said in the room you owe me ten dollars. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, in the room started May. Like I said, Mick Foley just put it up. What was it May 21st, 1991? I was wow. in the room. And this is the old TWA, yeah. Right, Rick Rude and and Honky, and I guess I was whispering to Tony because I didn't know what to do, and I, you know, I didn't know those guys. And Rude's like, look, Honky, the Refs kayfabing us, <laughs> and then yeah. the, and then the next and then the next week, RuPaul drives me when I did him at Norndorf in Connecticut, and I remember Larry Winter saying, "Where the hell are you at?" And he goes, "Next thing I know, I see your feet coming through the door on the gurney." <laughs> <laughs> he had a rough time. You had a rough time in the TWA. At least in ECWA, you've been ma- you've managed to. Uh, uh, be relatively unscathed, Joe. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a super <laughs> kick by Sean Carr, right? Right. I think that's. And cool. I was supposed to get one. I, I mean, I, I expected I was going to get one, but I ran away. So I, I never got super, oh. which was probably for the best. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I look at, uh, I look at a lot of these changes in the ECWA, Joe, and uh, you're, you're a unique animal in that you've been with the company on, I'm not on and off. You've been with the company through three different owners now, uh, and obviously you're part of this management team now. Uh, what are your thoughts on ECWA and where it seems to be headed? Well, everything changes. Um, a big part of it the last year or so has been this COVID. I mean, that's, you know, placed a lot of restrictions on us. Um, running the show when you're um, – you know, it's, it's it's tough enough to draw to a show, but then to be told ahead of time, well, you're not allowed to have more than X amount of people in the building is even tougher. Yeah. Because now, yeah. you know, you want to get as many people as you can, typically, you know, uh, you know, during normal times. But now you got a cutoff, and, I mean, it's not easy. You know, a lot of the stuff that we've been doing over the past year a lot of it is really um, revolves around business and finances and, you know, if, if we have to limit the number of people in a building, 
Um, I think, you know, ECWA changed a little bit. Everything changes. I think we still have great uh, wrestlers. Well, we talked about the last Super 8. I thought that was a great Super 8. Um, I liked all the guys that were in it. You know, unfortunately, you know, that ending, um, you know, was a little flat. But, I mean, stuff happens. Very good professional wrestler broke his ankle. Um, that guy's really a wrestling machine. Um, I, I've grown to uh, appreciate him a lot inside the inside the ring, and you're going to be doing commentary yeah. with him, right? On the women's Super Eight. Uh, so uh, yeah, I thought that Super, Super Eight, eight was, July, you know, yeah. yeah, I thought that Super Eight uh, where Killian McMurphy won was. I mean, you know, we had Crowbar, we had a lot of, you know. Good guys in there. I I love Timmy uh, Timmy Lou Rett and, and uh, Matt McCaskey. I hadn't seen him much. He was great. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I like Bam Sullivan a lot. Um, I know he does a lot of hardcore, ultraviolent stuff. I'm not a big fan of that stuff, but um, I'm a big fan of his. You know, I I thought uh, you know he's got a lot of personality too and. Uh, I thought it was a great Super 8. Everybody was there, was, you know, um, happy to be there and put everything into their mm -hmm. matches. And uh, uh, Killian McMurphy's another one. I, you know, he's been around us all, with us on and off for a while. And, um, you know, with his addition with Big Dust. Um, I was really upset Ricky Morton was there because I, I wanted to see him uh, address... Uh, Kelly and McMurphy's manager, Big Dust, you know, and his, uh, <laughs> and his uh, southern voice as he would Dusty Rhodes. But uh, I, could I thought Crowbar did great. You know, Crowbar uh, yeah. slid in and, you know, uh, saved, saved that show really in a lot of ways because, you know, if you think about we didn't have Crowbar and had somebody else, it would have really changed. Uh, the tournament a lot and probably not for better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could have really been really a like huge. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. No, what I really it liked about it was it tied into the past. Right. You know, he been a part huge of the first Super Right. If yeah. we just got somebody else. And I mean, at that point, if I couldn't get Crowbar, I mean, you know, uh, beggars can't be choosers, right? I mean, Right. Who knows who was available? I know there were some other shows that day, and uh, if you take Crowbar and on out three of three hours' notice, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you, you know what, uh, Joe? And and obviously you're talking about all this great talent that ECWA has brought in, not just at the Super Eight, but over the years um, as the matchmaker, as uh, one of the head guys backstage for ECWA. Obviously, you have a huge role in kind of scouting talent and and finding a way to fit it in a limited budget, and I think you guys do a great job with that. What kind of goes into that process as far as, like, finding the guys and girls that uh, maybe people and, you know, obviously there's some names involved, but a lot of times you're finding these hidden gems that nobody really knows about until they go to ECWA. Yeah, it's tougher now than ever. That's one of the things I complain about. <laughs> is, you know, people say, well, the Super 8 isn't the same as it was in 2000. Well, in 2000, 
there weren't, you know, 30 wrestling promotions, you know, uh, around. Yeah. There wasn't the internet. And, um, uh, you know, you know, well, you know, the, you know, of course, you know, Wilson Aries, you know, friends with him. And, you know, and he said he came to the Super 8. He never wrestled outside of Minnesota before in 2004. So now, I mean, I could have a match and everybody could see it live or in 10 minutes. So it's harder to, like, discover people. It's harder to discover talent that people don't know about today than it was 20 years ago because of the Internet and social media. I mean, it's, it's uh, what's the word, Brady? I mean, it's like uh, it's like real time. You know, somebody works and that's it. It's out there. People see it. And then there's yeah. tons of promotions out there and, and people jump on, um, you know, talent that they see. Yeah. I guess I kind of look at it as there's guys out there that maybe, um, like I'll say like a Killian McMurphy, right, that maybe some people are missing the boat on. You know what I mean? He's out there. People know about him, but, you know, maybe he's, you know, not being used uh, a lot or people don't know about him a lot. I mean, he's out there. You can find him. But um, same thing, like, I think with Timmy Lou Renton, you know, I mm. I think he's, um, how do I put this? I'm getting tongue-tied now. I think he's better than maybe what he gets credit for, you know. And, um, you know, so something like the Super 8 is a chance, I look at as a chance to have people see him, you know, that maybe otherwise they they wouldn't. So, um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard, like I said, because there's so many promotions and... um, you know, you'll you'll see that with the girls super eight too, the women super eight. Hard to find talent that no one has seen yet. But uh, hope hopefully putting them in the super eight format will get the ones that haven't been seen as much as maybe they should have been seen. Um, well, I know I know like for women, for example. Um, no. Sure. I, I know, like, for the women, for example, that uh, ECWA has announced that Gabby Ortiz is going to be part of the tournament. A tremendous addition, obviously. A lot of people know what she brings to the table, and I would say she's she's really popular, especially with that South Jersey crowd. So I would imagine uh, right. right away you're looking at an immediate kind of a front rider, at least in terms of, you know, the fans and what they perceive from her. Uh, but, but, I mean, I, it must be so difficult with people hitting you up to uh, to be part of something like this. It is, and a lot of times people just don't understand, like, uh, <laughs> I got kids and a job and stuff. It's hard to get Thank back to everybody. I try to. Um, people, you know, or talent has to realize, too, that, I mean, if we have a show with six or seven matches and maybe one tag, so six matches is, what, 12 people and a tag's another, that's 16 people. There's hundreds and hundreds of workers. And, you know, uh, some people are cool with it, you know, if they can't get booked. Um, somebody like Joey Ace wrote for years. And then I wind up coming to a show and we use them. 
and, and been using him, and he's been great. And it was nothing personal, you know what I mean? Sometimes we have, like, a role that we want to fill, and not just anybody can fill that role. Um, when we had, I don't know if you remember, now I'm trying to think of his name now. She's <laughs> um, ECWA, he was doing, uh, oh, God, what was his name? We're getting old. Travis now. Blake. Was it Travis Blake? Well, he was with Gus Grant, and then... Um, yeah, we yeah. lost him, and I wanted somebody to do like that model gimmick, you know. So, if, you know, if we have a model gimmick in mind, I'm going to be looking for a certain kind of guy, not just anybody. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Or if we want like a monster heel, oh, I want a certain type of person. It's not going to be just just anybody. So sometimes yeah. we're trying to fill a role specifically. Um, but yeah, sometimes it just depends. You know, on luck, uh, if we lose somebody, you know, 10 minutes later somebody contacts me, you know, it all depends. But, um, you know, some of the talent, you know, get upset, you know, if if they write to you and, and aren't used. But uh, there's so many indie promotions out there, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, there's no shortage of uh, availability, so, for sure. Yeah. And, I, um... um Yeah, it's just it's just no, I, yeah, it's tough tough a lot of people coming at you, you know, looking Yeah. Looking yeah. to work. And um But Crowbar's perfect example. He'd been wanting to work for a while, you yeah. know, a while and super eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we announced Ricky Morton, I told him if something happens, somebody cancels, I'll let him know. And you know, I called him you know, that morning. <laughs> That Saturday morning. So I remember when I told you yeah. to call you somebody cancels. So, um. And it was great that he was able to jump in. Uh, another thing from that tournament, and I do want to transition to uh, Heat Stroke on June 5th because I think a lot of people are really excited about this. Uh, I understand it's going to stream on Facebook Live, so you'll be able to check it out there. Uh, but uh, Mr. Ulala, obviously winning the ECWA heavyweight title. And we had him on here a couple of weeks ago, and he was absolutely uh, beside himself excited and uh, almost as surprised as any of the fans, which was pretty damn excited if you think about it and pretty damn surprised. Uh, Joe, what do you think when you see a 55-year-old uh, Mr. Ulala finally capturing Big Red like that? Was that how old he is? <laughs> I, I, I thought it was great. Story. I thought it was great. Obviously, yeah. it was something yeah. we thought about over time. Um, I didn't know if it was ever going to happen or it was going to be the right time. Uh, if you remember, um, I came up with an award for Mr. Ulala. You know, we have our Hall of Fame, but I gave him yeah. a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I kind of did that because I was like, well, if he never gets the title, you know, I wanted to give him something that nobody else in ECWA had which was that Lifetime Achievement Award. But um, I think it was the right, you know, it was the it was the uh, right place, right time. Uh, fan, fans out there in that area like them a lot as, you know, uh, no matter where we run, ECWA, you know, the fans uh, like it. And uh, I think it was, uh, you know, something that um, didn't know if it was ever going to happen. So the fact that it did was, you know, the surprise, I think, for, uh, I think a lot of fans were surprised. The, 
and that's not easy to do anymore, you know, surprise fans. But um Yeah, you're right. I'm happy, uh looking forward to his historic first title defense. And um <laughs> you know, if anybody deserves it, it's him. Uh he's been you know, in ECWA, like you said, through all different owners, different whatever management, um, and he's always been there for ECWA. So um, I'm I'm glad that uh, he finally won the heavyweight championship. It was pretty cool to see. And I know, uh, like, for example, uh, the guy that he won the title from, Joey Ace, uh, you talked about him earlier. Here's a guy who um, obviously he goes into that match expecting to win Joe. Uh, but more importantly than that, Joe Yace, uh, because of the performer that he is and that, that the competitor within him, um, he wanted to bring the best out of Misha Ulala. He wanted to have the match of the night on a Super 8, uh, which is like they had a very good match. so difficult to do. They, they did. They, they, they did had a very match. good match. Um, so, so, yeah, um, Mr. Ulala... You know, a lot of times we'll be involved in stuff, maybe some more character-driven um, matches and, and, and stuff like that. But um, they had a great match, you know, um, more more than uh, I expected. I think the fans were happy. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that the two of them had a great match together. And... Um, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, no, no disrespect to Mr. Ulala, but I, I think a lot of that was Joey Ace, too. I think Joey Ace, sure. you know, they say who's a great wrestler, who's a great this, who's a great that. I think Joey Ace is a great uh, worker, you know, and um, I think he can have a very good match with uh, just about anybody that, you know, we put him in the ring with. So I, I I would I would put him up there with Papa Don with Osreal with uh, 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 Brian Danielson just about anybody uh, who's come through ECW I'd put him right up there with the best of the technicians. Uh, but with that said, Joe, and here's the first hard hitting question: uh, Why is Joey Ace not automatically the number one contender? Why isn't he getting that return match at Heat? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. I don't know. I had to. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I don't like that Joey Ace interrupted the opening ceremony. Now, you know how I am about the Super 8. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I take the Super 8 serious, and he shouldn't interrupt at the opening ceremony. So that's one reason. <laughs> um, I kind of, I, I you know, just thought it was interesting for this beat the clock. And um, I kind of just figured Joey Ace into that. Uh, into that situation uh, better than uh, uh, a rematch. I, I think that he should uh, have to face his uh, poppy, you know, his best poppy there. Um, Ray I got Kalitri. my poppy shirt on. Right. Well, now yeah. who are you going to be yeah. cheering for in that match? I know you're going to be torn. I don't know. <laughs> I think Joey likes me a little better, but I, I can't really say either one because the other guy will beat me up. Well, I'm offended that Ray Kalitri does not include me in his uh, not-rated uh, vignettes that he does <laughs> right. with his mamacitas on his yacht and in the shower. I want to be. I know. I told this guy he's like a vignettes. porn star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You could be like but, his driver. Um, <laughs> look, Teddy <laughs> Teddy Fine is no slaps. Teddy Fine's been a, Teddy no, Fine's no. a big guy. Has been around but a Teddy long Fine, time. By the way, for those who don't know, he's the one challenging Monsieur Lalanne. He's a long time independent. That's, that's correct. So that that'll be a challenge. Yeah. Half of the tag team champions, and uh, I just think it's going to be a good match. And uh, same thing with the beat the clock matches. Joey Ace taking on Ray Cleetree. And then we got Chris Wilde and Sam Shield. That's going to be another very good match. You know, I'm a big, big Chris Wilde fan. He's been with ECWA a long time. Uh, he's right up yep. there with Mr. Wilde. Yeah, from the bottom. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah, know, he's... Sam Shield is in phenomenal shape. He is ripped. And uh, another, another great roster member in ECWA, Sam Shields. Whether he's in a tag team with, with Rockwell, which um, it's not right now, or he's singles. I mean, uh, you know, Sam's a former heavyweight champion, too. Yeah. So Well, they can, they can and that's one of the defining things. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say the I think there's a delay here, Joe, and I think that's why we keep um, – I apologize Sorry. about that. Um, no, okay, I was just going to say that that's one of the great things about the guys on the ECWA roster now is, like, they kind of excel wherever you put them, whether it's tags, singles, uh, pretty much any environment. Uh, they're all game. Yeah, and you were saying about the third uh, beat the clock? Right, which is Mike Law and L.A. Vin. You know, uh, yes. I think L.A. Vin had one of his best matches with Ricky Martinez. I don't know if you remember that. I thought that was a great match. The blindfold match. And, Mike Law, another former heavyweight champion, two-time Super 8 competitor. So um, I think we've got a pretty good card coming up on the fifth. And then we have the – now I want to get mixed up a little bit here because we added the – I mean, I, I got it all right in front of me. Right. Did territory championship. Right. We're waiting Is, to uh, see if um, Matt Vertigo uh, retains – uh, it's going to be right. Matt Vertigo against Eric Martin, and if uh, Matt Vertigo retains, I believe it's uh, the 29th, he'll be defending against Eric Martin. And um, for people that were wondering why Eric Martin wasn't at the last show, I don't know if we announced this, but uh, he had been around a family member who tested positive for COVID. Um, yeah, yeah. And we just didn't want to take chances, and and, and uh, luckily we didn't. Cause I, I think he uh, wound up testing positive the following Monday. So I wow. heard some people say, "What happened?" So to he's Eric a two-time Martin? COVID guy. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, but he won but, the first one in November and came back. Right. Yeah. And I missed the December I show joke before, around about because that. I was yeah. around somebody. So you know, we're not taking anybody that comes to the show. Yeah. We're not I missed taking November. Any, any chances with that? Yeah. I, I, the November yeah. show, I woke up with a hundred two degree fever. I had to uh, right. miss the That's show. Right. You missed that one. Yeah. 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 Uh, anybody that comes the... to the show, like I said. Uh, you know, we're not messing around with any of that stuff. I mean, that's sure, what sure. comes first. Um, yeah, it was well, a bummer he couldn't be there, but it's not worth the chance. So, um, You know what? There's always another opportunity, like I was telling Pelly. Um, they're also going to be a legacy championship match. Uh, Killian McMurphy, who won the title um, two shows ago, is going to be defending against uh, former, former World 1 champion Chris Rockwell, former tag team champion Chris Rockwell. Right. Right, both of those guys, great, great wrestlers. Um, 
like I said, I was always a Midnight Sensation uh, fan uh, and fans of both of the, fans of both of those guys in singles. And uh, you know, I'm a big fan of of Killian, who uh, right, he's the Legacy Champion, which was the Mid Atlantic Championship. Um, we yeah. changed it to the Legacy Championship. He's also the Super Eight Champion, so. Um, that's going to be a big match. Does that, I mean, um, does that put extra you know, not only is the title on the line. The fact that he won the tournament. What's that? I just asked, does that put extra pressure on him, just the fact that he won the tournament just a couple weeks ago? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, the, the trophy's not on the line. You know, that you win, that's up for grabs once a year. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, if Rockwell could beat him, I mean, not only win the Legacy Championship, but... They just beat the current Super 8 champion, you know, which is it's kind of like another feather in his cap if he can do it. Um, I think that's going to be, you know, that's a first-time match, a um, couple of the first-time matches, and I think that's going to be, um, that's my pick for match of the night. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, Killian's great, and uh, Big Dust at ringside, you know, he provides a lot of entertainment, so. Yeah, he helps them win. What do you think about Big too, Dust? So Chris, better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. You know what's funny about Big Dust? Uh, Dustin uh, uh, Wilson, actually. And um, right. one of our callers um, <laughs> is named Dustin Wilson. So when I learned his name, oh, I never no. forget. Uh, Big Dust. This kid is insane. This is the kid, I don't know if I ever told you about him, but he'd call in and he pretended that he was like best friends with Seth Rollins. So he'd be on the road with Seth Rollins at like house shows and stuff. He'd be like, he he had his own tour bus. This guy was working everybody, Joe. Who would have even known? He even even (laughs) briefly held the world title. Uh, It it was never recognized by WWE. Seth Rollins won it back like a day later, but yeah. And uh, this is Dustin. I, no, I believe it was Chicago. I could be wrong about oh. that. Close. Pretty close. I, uh... <laughs> so well, I didn't think that in Chicago. That's, he, a, um... that's a violent town. That's up there with Philly now. Uh... <laughs> I, um, I shouldn't have said that. I, uh, I'm only kidding. But, uh, you know, like, what I like about Big Dust is, um... Well, first of all, he's made Killian more arrogant. But he's instilled in him this confidence that I think... He had, but he wasn't as apt to display. And now, like, Killian, like, he went into Super 8, Joe, and I'll be honest, I think he was the only person that went into Super 8 knowing he was going to win, and there was no doubt in his mind. And you said it yourself. He had as good a shot as anybody, um, even if a very good professional wrestler didn't break his ankle. That, that That's exactly right. He, he could have j- just as easily won won that match if uh, a very good professional wrestler didn't break his ankle. And I think a lot of guys in that tour to make, um, that's what I like about the Super 8 so much is that I think the eight guys are all great competitors and any match can really go any way. And it's kind of like, you know, uh, one thing happens and then you go off in one direction with the second and third round where something else happens it goes into a different direction um, I think all eight of those guys were capable um, of winning the Super 8 so um, yeah Killian did get a, 
they get a you know big break, no pun intended, with the very good professional wrestler getting getting hurt in that match. But um, he still had a good, he still had a great chance of winning that match. I mean, uh, you know, Killian's on a roll, so. Not to uh, not to sidetrack you, but you talk about the great history of ECWA Super 8, and obviously you've been so involved in it for a while now. Uh, do you ever think back, like, the legacy of the and, like, how significant it's been for so many different people? Do you, do you get, like, those pinch-me moments, Joe? Like, does it ever hit home for you just how important your role in, like, this huge, huge tournament that's been such a big deal for so long? Like, does that does that ever hit home for you? Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, Super 8 for me every year is like a second Christmas. I love the Super 8. I love it as a fan. Um, I love it as a photographer. I love it as part of as part of uh, management. Um, I know, you know, a lot of people blow smoke and, you know, uh, BS and stuff, but ECWA does mean a lot to me, and, and especially the Super 8. Um, there's not many wrestling events, uh, especially outside of, you know, the national promotions or WWE. That's an annual uh, reoccurring event, like, you know, 25 years of Super 8. So it is, imp- it is important to me. And like I said, it is a little bit different than it was in the 2000s, but the wrestling world and the world in general has changed with social media and um you know just the business has changed with the number of independent promotions but it's imp- it's important for me to keep it alive and i think what makes it what makes the super eight cool and special to me is that the history it has and you can't just create that you can't just start a wrestling promotion and say i got 25 years of history on day one it takes 25 yeah. years and it's not me you know, it's Jim Kettner, it's, you know, Mike Tartaglia, it's, uh, you know, John Finnegan, all, all the different people that have been involved over the years. The Mr. Ulalas, the Chris Wilds, keeping the promotion alive, keeping the Super 8 alive, and uh, PWI Magazine, too. You know, a lot of people know the Super 8 from, from PWI Magazine. I mean, obviously, in 2000, and I'm going to harp on the Internet and social media, there was no Internet and social media, but people knew about the Super 8 from the magazine. So, um, yeah, and I think it's a lot of – I think it's something that not many uh, wrestling promotions – I don't want to say brag about, but, you know, to just have that history that many years. Sure. Um, Sure. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm happy to be a part of it in whatever way I I can be, and um, always looking for great talent and uh, anybody that comes in the Super Eight and is able to get anything out of it for their career, um, that just makes it even better. I remember in 2011, both Tommaso and Adam Cole, I think they were just starting to get a little bit of a push. In Ring of Honor, yeah, you know they were just starting to, you know, being featured, um, and but that gave them to 
an opportunity to be the main event. And uh, I know yeah. people from Ring of Honor are watching, you know, and, and it gave it gave them too a, a chance to show what they could do in the main event. So um, it gave them confidence too. Yeah, and and they had a great match. Yeah. You know, Adam Cole, did. great match with Austin Aries. You know, that was one of my favorite Super Eight still um, to, to today. And you know, it was the first one that we did. So of course, you know, I'm going to be <clears throat> partial t- towards it. But um, yeah, I I think the Super Eight does have yeah. a lot of significance. And uh, can't wait for the next one. Can't wait for the girls. I mean, in five years with the girls, if you look at the past competitors of the girls, um, they, all, they all did something. Yeah, we had a lot of great... I mean, look, we had... You, look, I'm not delusional. You know, I understand Tessa Blanchard, you know, Tully's daughter or whatever, but um, she'd only been working about four months, so we got her very early and uh, put her mm-hmm. in a prominent position and, um, of course, her own talent and her name. But I think I gave people a chance to see her. You know, same thing with somebody like, you know, Diana Carrazzo, who we had her very early. So, yeah, um, I think this year's like, Women's Super 8, yeah. you're going to see some of that talent that, you know, mm-hmm. might be early in their career, but in a couple of years they're, they're going to be, uh, you know, Getting a lot of attention, and, uh, and yeah. uh, I hope that for all of them. I hope I hope for all of them that they're able to get whatever they can out of it, you know, for their career. Hey, sure, and if you look, even like uh, the last women's Super Eight winner, Quinn McKay from Ring of Honor, I think it was like her like seventh or eighth match, like, right. uh, or I guess and, it was eighth, ninth, and tenth. You know, and, and she uh, she made quite a name for herself as well. Joe, you're talking about. Uh, you know, future tournaments and, and always scouting, always being open. I, I have a proposition for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw an name at you. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a competitor for next year's Super 8. Maybe it's a, it's a guy out of North Carolina, uh, right along the coast. He's, uh, he, he's made a bit of a name for himself, and I know he's hungry as anything to come up our way. Uh, former WCW star Stro Maestro with with his manager Big Braid. The Stro. <laughs> well, we do we do occasionally. Uh, now we did it this year. Occasionally, we will have a veteran in the Super Eight. Uh, Tetner yeah. did it with Jerry Lynn. Um, we did it with Crowbar. So we don't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to mix up, you know, mix it up. I don't want to do the same thing every year. But mm-hmm. how many how many you got left in the tank, Stro? What do you think? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I've, I'm 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 crazy enough. I haven't retired yet, so I'm still in pretty decent shape. So <laughs> I keep him young. Well, see, the thing about the Super Eight is um, sometimes you have the greatest worker in the world, but you know, you, yeah, you got to go three matches. So. It's uh, whoever's right. going to win's got to have that stamina. And uh, the other thing in the tournament too is that, um, you know, if you're smart about it, you want to try to win your match as soon as possible because you got to save yourself for the, you know, if you're going to advance second and third yeah. match. You never know. You, you, you got to pace yourself and have the endurance, right? <laughs> yeah. 
faked himself and had that That's dirt. right. It could be a long, I mean, I've seen some long Super 8s, you know. I, I know. I remember the, the Chris Daniels and Austin Aries one that was a long night. And it was uh, right. it was a great match, and Daniels won. But people were talking mm-hmm. about Aries after, which is what I tell people too. You know, a lot of a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. if they're not winning, they kind of got a long face on. That's the wrong attitude because um, if you go in that ring yeah. and you show what you got and it's good, people are going to notice it and appreciate it, whether you win or not. Um, Brady's right, like uh, Mickey from Rock, the Rocky movies. He keeps it going. Oh, he's Mickey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's Mickey. yeah. Gosh, Joe. <laughs> I uh, yeah, awesome. Brady could I, be uh, manager of champions. Yeah, he could. Uh, I'm, especially I'm, if you go I'm against one Killian one as a manager. Big Dust yeah. would be in the other corner, yeah. Brady. Yeah, you and Big Dust. I'm one and one as a manager, so I want to get over 500 before I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I'll um i tell you what, so uh, we are up against a commercial break, Joe, and i got to let you go in a second, but June 5th, uh, ECWA, uh, of course, uh, Heat Stroke, and uh, it is going to be an amazing event, and um, I was looking for, there was one other match that we didn't mention, it was the, uh, the Tag Team Opportunity match, uh, Greg Spitz and Reginald the Butler taking on uh, right. Sugary Sweet Travis Lee, so... So this is an opportunity, I'm assuming, the Flabtastics get a title match if they can win this? The Flabtastics. Do you like that, Brady? Look, anybody I mean, that comes out of that locker room handing out candy, let alone Reese's Cups, they won I'm me all over. for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Nice. That Travis Lee had one hell of a match with Chris Wilde a uh, couple yeah. months back. And uh, that was one of the best matches I've ever seen Travis Lee in. So a handicap match, but I think Travis Lee uh, learned a couple tricks in that match. So, um, you know, it's a, it's two-on-one, but, you know, anything can happen. But you're talking about um, a, a big chance if he's able to win it, get the tag team title uh, opportunity. So... No, it looks you good. Know, I just hope looks he brings the candy to... with him. <laughs> so June fifth, yeah. that's a heat stroke, and that's uh, that's uh, from Morganville, New Jersey. The uh, Jersey dugout uh, information available ecwawrestling.com. And then July thirty first, uh, Joe, we were talking about it. The women's Super Eight tournament. Gabby Ortiz right, announced at the Monster so far. Factory. Who would at the Monster that? Factory? Oh. Uh, Oh, Myself wow. and wow. a very good professional wrestler lending commentary. So that's right, and it's going to be it's going to be a great one. And we're also going to have a, heavy, a men's heavyweight championship match on that show too. We'll be announcing. Okay. Uh, and do you know will, will that stream on IWTV? Do you know? That's on IWTV, uh, right? The women's yeah. super okay. eight. Yeah, yeah, that one is, and. Yeah, that, this, uh, this June fifth is on uh, Facebook Live. I understand. Right, they have something where I think it's like seven dollars um, um, to watch it. Yeah, okay. this one's on Facebook Live. Yeah, we're trying that out okay. for this show, so we'll see what happens. Hmm. But I hope to Sounds see everybody good. there. I know Jersey's opening up a lot of stuff. We're still going to do the masks and stuff for this show. You know, we're not going to rush anything, but. Um, you know, I'm hope really hoping to see people out there. And like I said, if you've ever been a fan 
or ever been to an ECWA show, you know Mr. Ulala, you gotta be there to see him defend his title. Or if he can defend it. But it's gonna be one time only, it's you know, there's only one first, right? It's gonna be his first title defense. Might be his only title defense. Who Could knows? be his last too, right. <laughs> yeah. So but I know that covers a lot of ground, right? Thirty years of uh, fans at different shows. Uh, they all know Mr. Ulala, so you got to get out there on June 5th in Morganville. Well, Joe, uh, thank you so much. Joe Zanoli, of course, ECWA matchmaker and uh, tremendous guy. He's been a good friend of mine for a number of years. Uh, thank you so much for the time, Joe, and uh, I look forward to seeing you next Saturday. I think it's going to be a great time in Morganville. Definitely. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night. All right. Thank you, Joe. You too, Joe. And uh, so, guys, that once again, that was Joe Zanoli. And be sure to check out ECWA uh, Heat Show June 5th, July 31st, the Women's Super 8 Tournament. Tickets and information for both uh, uh, limited uh, capacity, so be sure to check it out, ecwarestling.com. We're going to take a commercial break right now, and on the other side, lots and lots to talk about. We're also going to open up the phone lines. Not a lot of you guys out there, so if you want to call in, it's a great opportunity to talk. We've only got Malcolm in the queue right now, so we can definitely get you guys on tonight. 914-338-1885. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, and we'll be right back. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. 
Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Sometimes the world is perfect. Nothing to rearrange. Sometimes you just get a feeling like you need some kind of change. All right, uh, 914-338-1885. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Brady Hicks here, and uh, I couldn't be more excited. Thank you to Joe Zanoli, ECWA management, for stopping by, running down uh, Heat Stroke on June 5th and the Women's Super 8 Tournament on July 31st. Tickets and information for both events available via ECWA Wrestling.com. And I forgot, Stroke, Ray Kalitri is going to kill me. Uh, because he had all these questions for Joe about why he's making him fight Joey Ace after spending a month uh, telling people that he was never going to fight the guy, including on this oh show. Uh, they're matched <laughs> up against each other, and I don't think either one is too thrilled about it. Uh, beat the clock oh, challenge definitely. at com. So, uh, what do you got going on this week before we uh, before we jump into it? Oh, goodness. Uh, this Thursday night, uh, WWE Retro... 19 Eastern Standard Time on DeuceNation.com. The big topic of discussion will be the career of Big Ben Vader. So really looking forward to uh, dive in on that. If you guys have any cool Vader stories and moments, uh, please uh, call in. And this Friday night on my horror sci-fi show, The Stro Zone, at midnight Eastern Standard Time, my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash strothemaestro. Uh, this Friday night's feature will be I was a teenage werewolf starring Michael Landon. So wow. Tune in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have a Vader. Well, I guess I do. I have one Vader story. I, I, I inadvertently, Stro, I went to a, a Raw back in 1997. Uh, shout yeah. out to my old friend Jason Fitzgerald. We, you know, we, we went to Atlanta. It was at one of those casinos, you know. So we're, we're in the parking. Like they had a parking garage, you know, like one of those multi-level deals, right? And we go in, and for some reason – there's no parking, and we're just, and we're getting a little lost driving around this uh, this garage, and we're just circling, and we're going lower and lower instead of higher. Usually, you go higher when you're looking for parking. We ended up somehow yeah. going lower and lower, and we got to like like a, an entrance to the arena mm-hmm. from the basement of this parking garage. Uh-huh. And we rolled down the window to ask for help, and I remember there was this real big heavy guy. And another guy who was just like so tall and just looked jacked. 
And uh, mm-hmm. the Jack dude came over, walk, and he didn't know exactly how to help us, but he kind of like showed us where we needed to drive to get out of that area and start going up to yeah. look for parking. That was Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart is the one wow. that showed us where to go, for, and and the big guy was Vader. I mean, I recognized him right away, you know. But uh, it was just so cool. It was so cool. And this was before I was doing awesome. diddly with wrestling, so I couldn't even, like, introduce myself, you know. Really wouldn't. But, you know, I just thought it was so cool. Um, <laughs> uh, that is cool. <laughs> and, I, and I, yeah. And obviously I've never been the hugest Bret Hart fan, but I always thought that was really cool of him because he could have he just walked away and he came over and he helped us uh, find parking. Right. So that was that was Brett. Nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. Yeah, it is. It is a really cool story, and uh, I never got to interact with Vader, but I did see him standing there. Uh, we're also going to bring on Derek McDonald. Uh, so glad to have you, Derek. What's going Derek. on? Derek. <laughs> yeah. What's happening? The the what I got from that story was Brett, out the kindness of his heart, tried to help you, and you still hate that guy to this yeah. day, despite that. <laughs> I just think he complains too much. If he didn't complain, I wouldn't care. Well, and I always tell people this. you got to look at it like this with Brett. He had to watch everybody pretty much from his era, peers like Sean and Taker. He got to watch all those guys get a farewell, you know, like their last hurrah, and he got kicked in the head by Goldberg, and that was the end of it. So I can understand why he's a yeah. bitter. Yeah, not only that, but he um... – he had the misfortune of leaving the WWF right at the point when the Attitude Era was about to take off and joining the company that, unfortunately, was heading in the other direction. I know, and he missed out on, like, the Kurt Angle matches and The Rock and, you know, Prime, yeah. Prime uh, Steve Austin. You know, he had Steve Austin pretty early, but he missed, like, superstar Steve Austin, so I'd be pissed off too. Yeah. Stroh was bred as bitter as he seemed. Oh, what are you doing? I know you got to be nah, political awesome. with it. Okay. No, nah, he was, was actually really cool. He yeah, had a bit of a you know, sense of humor, too. And, I, uh, yeah. He was, like, real laid back with me, you know what I mean? And I, I, Owen I, was a riot, man. I loved Owen. Yeah. Oh, my God. I suspect, and I could be, again, I, I sound like, a, like an idiot to say stuff like this, but um, I suspect that he probably started complaining as he was building toward becoming a heel in 97. That's how I always kind of took it. So I guess it kind of started in 96, and I'm sure they saw where it was going, where, like, he's going to start complaining a little, little, little more and more. And at some point, that bitterness just became his thing when he was on television. I know he helped me put clothes in my bag one time after, I think it was a nitro. Okay. So I overpacked. I have a bad habit overpacked, right? And literally, we're, like, kicking the bag, kicking the clothes in the bag, and Hogan walks in the door and sees us and goes, oh, I guess I'll see you later, brother. By the way, speaking of Hogan, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, 914-338-1885. Malcolm, I'll get to you in a minute. Just hold, hang tight, buddy. You're up next. Um, I, uh, I saw... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? It was um it was somebody from ECW. Mm-hmm. I think it was a um I think it was Joel Gertner. Put up a thing with oh, New Jack. Joel. 
Yeah, Joel. And we've had him on the show before. He's a hilarious guy. Like, it, oh, all that great, stuff yeah. was all him with his, like, you know, the well, well, well and all the uh, – he, he still oh, has a great one it. that I play for a bumper sometimes. Um, yeah, but he he had one of New Jack, where apparently New Jack tweeted he had a picture of himself with Hulk Hogan, with, uh, yes. with Brooke Hogan. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm that N word. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> oh my god, that was funny. That was really funny. Oh man, nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. Yeah. Uh, Derek, we were talking about it earlier. Who's the greatest wrestler of all time? Or I'm not of all time, of right now. Oh, um, I think there's a handful of guys. I think you have to have a- AJ, um, Daniel Bryan. Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, from what everybody else says, Randy Orton, and you know his peers put him in that category. So who am I to say he, he doesn't belong in that category? Um, yeah. Kenny Omega. So nobody gets upset. And um, <laughs> is there anybody I'm forgetting? Oh, Roman Reigns, because he, he's been amazing. Oh, um, yeah. And you know who I think doesn't get enough love? Um, and it, it might seem like it's completely out of left field. But I don't feel like Johnny Gargano gets enough respect and love for what he does. Okay. He's a great, okay. yeah. great babyface, yeah. and he's a great heel. So I, I'd have to put yeah. Johnny Gargano with Oh, him. yeah. He's another one of those, like, complete package kind of guys. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're talking those right. guys, uh, the only one that you left off that I would consider up there would be Adam Cole. Yes. How did I forget Adam Cole? Yes, he, he's another but one. Uh, like, we were saying in the, yeah. like we were saying in the chat, he's like a modern-day Shawn Michaels almost. Yeah. Right. Let's, um, <laughs> let's go to Malcolm because he's been waiting more than an hour. Uh <laughs> What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Hey, uh, Brady. I gotta say this. Yeah. I never knew Alexa Bliss, Lexi Kaufman, but I lost my dog hmm. to somebody in January of two thousand and four. <clears throat> so I want Alexa to know. I know how much it hurts when you lose a pet, huh? Yeah. Your dog was. He was a toy fox carrier. He was a toy fox okay. carrier. But, oh, I got you. you know, All right. I really, I really never cared. I mean, the only thing I remember about a pig in wrestling was Hillbilly Jim in the Land of a De- Thousand Dances music video. And he goes, I yeah. don't talk too much, but my pigs talk a whole lot better. And Roddy Piper goes, are you kidding? Are you ribbing me? His pigs are talking stuff. The music's <laughs> got the rock and roll. You can take the rock goonies, stick the goonies. I mean... Me and Roddy talked about that, you know, but, you know, some things are happening in this world, Brady, and I read stuff on the Internet that just insulted the fuck out of me, and I've got to say something about Whoa. this if I can. I was but, on but the Internet, and Madonna, who I used to respect <laughs> for Borderline, I used to respect for Papa Don't Preach and the song she did back Papa in those days preach. on MTV. You know, 
she made an, a, a statement that I should feel guilty about something that happened that I wasn't even involved in, the slavery movement. I was, and first of all, McDonald, if you were in front of me, I was in Houston since I was 15. I've been standing on my own two feet. And I was a soldier in the U.S. Army, and I didn't need anybody to carry my M16. Malcolm, what what's the slavery the movement? What is that? Uh, she made a statement, Derek, about I should feel guilty because uh, because I don't respect people that were slaves 250 years ago or whatever the hell it was. She pissed me you? off, man. I, I was you, U.S. You don't, who is she talking about? Twelve years and nine months, hold, man. Hold on. What do you mean? What you don't respect? Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sure this is coming out wrong. I, I got to think it's coming out yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's coming mean? out right. What do you mean you don't respect people who are slaves? I don't. I don't get that. No, I didn't say that. I said I wasn't yeah. involved 250 years ago, and if I would have been, I would have done this shit on my own. Did, so wait, there, what? Donald, what do you mean? Did what? anything? What? Anything that the slaves did back in those days. So I should feel guilty. Hell, I knew Cliff. Oh, I got you. Mean, you, you wouldn't have other great. people doing your work for you. You would be doing the work yourself. Right. You're saying. Oh, exactly. Oh, man, I, I, I had to think I about what you were saying. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think Hulk Hogan would have been doing it himself, Malcolm. But I, I digress. <laughs> Well, well, I think what, Derek, I'll change it around. I know Rodney Piper wouldn't have anybody do his shit for him. And Brad Hart either. Half of them would be working Roddy Piper. Piper wouldn't, what about I, Ted Piper wouldn't do that. I talked to Piper many oh, times. Rodney. <laughs> Ted DiBiase had someone doing his stuff for him. Yeah, yeah that's that, 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 I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That pissed me off. I didn't that see it yet, but I'm going to be excited. He had Virgil carrying his stuff around. He he had Sapphire yeah, ironing his $100 and when, bill. And, when, and you know what? Right. When Virgil at that, that what was it? He was Royal Rumble. Now. Yeah, it was at the Royal Rumble, I believe. And, and Virgil and Dias were teaming up. They were teaming against Dusty, Dusty and Dustin Rhodes, and they lost the match. And then he told Virgil to pick up his million-dollar belt, man. And Virgil smacked him upside the head in Piper's commentary. You know, no. you don't get somebody to do your shit for you. You do it yourself. That's how he told us to be soldiers, man. Mike Jones. Oh, oh, my, that? Drink What's your name? oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Mike Jones. Oh, well. I mean, oh, I'm my goodness. I'm getting through that's, oh my I understand, Malcolm. Now that I know what you're months. saying, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, right. But Brady, Brady, but I can no probably experience as a you. But if I had to climb the wrestling yeah. ring, you know, the life or death situation, I wouldn't get anybody to do it for me. I'd do it myself. I remember that one man right. with Ted DiBiase. He paid that nobody, that nobody wrestler. To, to wrestle for him, and he lost the match, and he, him and Virgil came right, and slapped him around. Let's, let's <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about I don't know about you, Malcolm, but if I can get somebody to do my work for me, I do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, I can't do that, Derek. Man, I, I have dignity, dude. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. if I had somebody to iron my hundred dollar bills, I would be all set. Yeah, I'm sure you would, but I won't. I won't. <laughs> Are you gonna iron your own? 
I don't, I don't know how Hulk Hogan or Hollywood Hogan lives, but... I don't pay him a salary. When the right. Hulkster used to talk yeah. to me, I, used to, I was like, yeah, Hutt, and I used to listen, you know? I like that the D. F. Hudson reference. Just to, just to show you that he's, uh, he's with it. Uh. <laughs> Brady, I like calling this show, you know, but, you know, I something else that ticked me off earlier, you had a commercial going for Lex Luger, the total package, and then somebody... Mm-hmm. I guess it's the engineer put in, uh, interrupted him for Lance Storm, man. Lance, yeah. not against you, man, but the total package, <laughs> he had more championships than you. Was. I, I'm sure they don't no. know that. Lance you know what that was, Malcolm? I'll tell you what that was. I started to play the one commercial, but I needed a little more time, and the Lance Storm one lasts like another minute and 20 seconds, so I, I changed it rather than playing the shorter one because I needed an extra minute. <laughs> You you said this earlier, Brady. Excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got one, right? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, hold on, Malcolm. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Okay. <sighs> yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. You were my man, Lex Luger. Didn't Lance Storm have like four belts at one time in WCW? He yeah, did. Lance, yeah. Lance Storm. He oh, never. Wow. He never put the. He never put Hollywood Hogan in the torture rack. He was never the Pac Man. Wild in '97. Lance, you know what else? Lance I mean, Storm never got drunk in New York and told everybody he was winning the title. <laughs> I don't know if Lex did that. Lex said he didn't do that, but uh, but that is the rumor. Hey, all I know, Brady, is I met. You know, most people, they back wrestlers up because of the champions they are and everything. I apologize. But I back wrestlers up when they respect me. When wrestlers respect me, I show them the respect back. That's the best way to do it. What do when they they're do, involved like, in something, you? you back them up. No. Like, I mean, yeah. Big Van Vader. And how many people would get Big Van Vader to sign a 1989 WWF Hulk Hogan jacket? I mean, how many would get Vader to do that? The Undertaker did that for me too. You know, Poor Vader. I mean, yeah. after, Hulk Hogan, after Hulk Hogan buried him in WCW, <laughs> he the the Hulk Hogan jacket. You made him. You made that poor man <laughs> sign that jacket. No, did no, you say Brad signed your Hulk Hogan jacket? Too? You know what, Derek? You want to know some Derek? They don't sign it because of Hulk Hogan. They sign it for me. A lot of wrestlers said if I would have been Hulk Hogan and I would have been talking like him, they'd have a hell of a lot of respect for me than they did for him. Paul Lorndorf, <laughs> uh, Superstar Billy Graham. You know, when I did the impression for him, it used to get him irritated. The first time I did it for Rowdy Roddy Piper with the Hollywood Bookshop was November 12, 2002. And Piper, I went up to Piper and did it for him. He grabbed a steel chair. I took a picture of it because my hands didn't shake back then. But Piper's got this wild look in his eye. He's going to whack me with the chair. I mean, you know, it it really, that Hogan voice really shakes a lot of wrestlers up because, you know, they got a lot of them got dropped by Hogan. You know, to, you know, they don't have, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, they they don't have any for him. But you know, they don't realize that back in in January '84, uh, it was Hulk Hogan that that took wrestling out of the dumps and and brought it into prime time. And I'll, see, I'll argue that with anybody. I think they realize. That. You, I think they realize that. that. It's all the stuff after. I was. And you want to know something? You want to know something, Brady? Hold on. 
hold on, I was listening to Cornette's podcast, and obviously I wasn't around back then, but they were talking about before Hogan, like, blew up, that Sergeant, both Sergeant Slaughter and Jimmy Snooker were both as big as Hulk Hogan and how some people in wrestling back then believe if you would have put the rocket on Snooker or Sergeant Slaughter the way you put it on Hulk Hogan, they could have been Hulkamania and everything would have blown up. Now, I wasn't around back then. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Well, wow. it wouldn't have worked. Derek, it wouldn't work because Snooker, he wasn't like Hogan, beats blind with blonde hair and riding a Harley. Maybe for <laughs> Superstar Bill Brandt, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter couldn't have taken oh. it over because he was just a soldier. You know, but Hogan had a personality. Well, he was a he was I, a super was very popular and all that. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter was GI Joe in the eighties. That's pretty big. Yeah, I, in fact, I, that's I, why I, he left, wasn't it? Because he wanted to do the yeah. licensing deal with GI Joe. Yeah, he was in the very year. last season of G.I. Joe in 85, and I actually had Sergeant Slaughter sign one of my discs at the Coffer Alley Club, my uh, G.I. Joe cartoon disc, uh, the complete series. Did you have him sign your Nikolai Volkov uh, jacket? No, I don't have a Nikolai Volkov jacket. I have an ultimate warrior. I wish I did. And a breath of you have a Hall jacket? jacket? Yeah, they sell. You got a Hall uh, jacket? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> this. Um, Do you ever wear it's it? This, it's this company called like Chalkline, and they make all these different things. And they yeah. came out with a Harley Davidson <laughs> jacket last year. Oh, and oh, I, I, I would jacket. wear that. <laughs> Is that something you wear at the bar? Yeah, right. I can't dig that sucker. <laughs> I, I would. Like, I'd bar, wear yeah. <laughs> like my Ravishing Rick Rude Sup Ladies <laughs> T-shirt, you know that I never ordered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd wear it everywhere. Yeah, Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you got to hear this, okay? I was over in Korea sure. when this happened, WrestleMania, the first one, March 31st, 1985. But the night before on Saturday Night Live, I, I finally saw this on Peacock. It's, um, it's March 30th, 1985 on Saturday Night Live, and they have Mr. T and Hogan host Saturday Night Live. And there's an insert right after... Joe, whatever his name, with the interviewer with Liberace and this, uh, these other two goofs on there, he's got an insert about it with Cowboy Bob in a black T-shirt, and Rowdy Roddy Piper is talking. What's funny about it, Brady, you don't hear this. They're, they they have the, they're on location, the, you know, they're videotaping from another location, and the, you can hear the audience in the studio at Saturday Night Live. So when Piper's making comments, you can actually hear people laughing. I mean, a lot of people say, Rod, I told Roddy, he should have been a comedian because he'd have been a damn good comedian, you know. But <laughs> getting back to your question, i got to tell you this, Brady. Uh, the best I didn't get my question out. To me, mm, well, you said earlier, okay. who's the best wrestler today? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah. I never met the guy, but to me, he's the Hulkamania of this generation. That's John Cena. And then the yeah. second one, uh, the best, the, the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> I know, right? Poor, poor John. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Papa Stroh, you didn't. He's having a rough day. Papa Stroh, you didn't do it. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. You used to do it. What did he do? One of the greatest wrestlers. <laughs> I lost him. <laughs> Malcolm, I wanted to ask you yeah. before we let you go, um, did, I, did you ever meet? Did you ever meet Buff Bagwell? I met Buff Daddy. 
I met him in, single Daddy. in Miami. He's going through some stuff. Yeah. That's why I asked. Oh, yeah. One more thing, Brady. Me and Adam, we're doing okay. a show together. Oh, here we we were practicing fighting. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, mm-hmm. you guys better be looking over your shoulder because me and Adam run the best show in the world. Right. I mean, we both have respect for each other. You know, Adam so Kirkland, like right? looking over their shoulders. So, yeah. You're talking about Adam Kirkland. No, I'm talking about Adam Helms, the guy here in Adam South Helms. Carolina. The Hurricane. He's my Hurricane. Yeah. And the greatest okay. wrestlers of all time, Brady, there's two of them. It's a tie. Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. No doubt. What about John Holy Cena? Oh, all time. I got you. No, I got you. Okay. I've seen it today, but Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, all time. So. All right, brother. All right. Can we get a... Uh, Trying to think. How about a, how about a Ric Flair, uh, Ric Flair uh, impersonation? You mean a woo? No, I, I don't. I don't like doing no, Ric Flair. You know what I want to do? I like. You're I pretty like good, doing Randy. I like doing Randy. I do Randy. Who is getting into his man and unloading the madness? I like feeling it inside of me, even though I didn't meet the guy. <laughs> The cream always rises to the top like the American dream papa screw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Malcolm. It's great to talk Thank to you, him. <laughs> he sounds like the macho man from the Young Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, he kind of sounds oh, like uh, Cedric, Cedric Alexander on Raw last night. Did you hear him talking to Shelton? He was kind of talking like that. <laughs> i got to watch yeah, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, it's like John Cena and CM Punk all over again on Twitter. Have you been keeping up with that? Yes. What's going yes. on? John's having a rough day. Pretty crazy. To say the least. To say the least. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, Taiwan, like, Cena wasn't wrong, was he? It's just like he didn't want to upset the government. That's what it was, yeah. He did, yeah, that's all it is. is that he didn't, and, you know, those Fast and Furious movies. Like, they are like, a country. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When I saw him apologize, I was like, "Well, he's not—he's not wrong." But then again, I remember those Fast and Furious movies are like—you know—they love them over there in China. So somebody probably called him like, "Hey, John, uh, we got to go over there to you know premiere this movie. Don't don't piss him <laughs> off." <laughs> it's just funny. It's uh, and then you got CM Punk trolling him. You know, it's uh, yeah. See, I, I was laughing because uh, I thought about, you know, him going there on a promo tour and, it, you know, they stick him in a room like the Koreans did to Scott Norton. <laughs> and, you know, they... Oh, my they, God. They, they yeah. life. You know, it, it's funny because, like, I and, and I saw him, like, telling that story. And the way it had always been described to me, I always thought it was more... He was ranting about how awful the country was. Not that he was just yeah. talking to his wife trying to explain things. Yeah, you know, like, like I thought he called, was, yeah. yeah, like, I thought he called his wife and was, like, just going off because he was, like, really upset at everything. And it was, like, more like, no, no, like, don't be upset. This is a, 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 a crap hole place. <laughs> They're crazy over here, honey. They're insane. They're insane. I, might, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> that might have been one of my favorite ones. <laughs> um, that, that... <laughs> Between between Scott Norton and Scorpio telling story, that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I and um, <laughs> I love the Hulk Hogan story from it too. When they asked him to do it, and he's like, "Yeah, brother, I uh, 
I can't make that date. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah, I'm not gonna make that date. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, listen, it, it was it was a great one. It was really, and this season has just been top notch so far. Uh, the Nick Gage one was really good. That the Brian Pillman one. Uh, I mean, just everything has been really good so far. So I am definitely uh, on board. And uh, I, I was looking at. I don't know if you saw, but um, the Dana Warrior. Uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the Ultimate Warrior one is this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yeah. coincidentally they timed it perfectly with A and E releasing theirs. So we got one on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, one on Sunday, and now one on Thursday again. Uh, but apparently, the uh, the dark side of the ring one is going to be more of a smear piece than anything. It seems like because uh, uh, his ex, uh, his wife, his his widow, was uh, not even consulted for this thing. Now, because I saw like a, a piece of it, and it was his first wife talking about how she caught yeah. cheating on her. Now, do you think Dana didn't want to have anything to do with it because they're going to be talking about parts of the warrior that aren't too flattering? Like, you think? Probably. She's like a, and WWE, yeah. too. Yeah, I'm imagining so, his politics are going to get involved. And, you know, all the stuff he said about Bobby Heenan when he died and this and that. So, I, oh, I don't, What did he say about Bobby Heenan? Uh, well, Bobby Heenan had cancer. You remember they removed his jaw, and he alluded oh, okay. to how he, he hoped the cancer killed Bobby and blah 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 this and that. He wasn't too fond of Bobby. He oh my god! So uh, he said a lot of crazy oh things. So I'd imagine I remember stuff like that. Yeah, I remember a couple of years before he died, before he patched things up with WWE, when he was like trying to be a public speaker. He was saying like all this like homophobic stuff and like yes, yes you know just yes. and he was like kind of like an alt right kind of guy. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it um, it so I could see her because she called it like a smear campaign. I think she called it, and um, I I can yeah. see as a wife not wanting to be a part of that. And why would you want to be a part of that when you have the A and E one? That it's like the complete opposite of what the dark side of the ring one's gonna be. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just surprised that they timed them to come out the same week. It's like we're gonna have four hours of like warrior, or I guess three hours of warrior stuff. So, it's uh, it's interesting. But I, 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 I'm just surprised that they would time that to be released right after the A and E one. Yeah, no. But um, Crazy. I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying the. I've been enjoying the. I, I probably enjoyed this season, probably better than any. No, you know what? I enjoyed the first season too. But like the Pillman one was so good, um, and it gave you so yeah. many different emotions. And then the Nick Gage one was good, and this Korea one, it, it wasn't as much sad as it was. It was funny things like Bischoff running down. He said he was jogging, and people were like running out of the way, like he was a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a horror in a horror film, and then you got Scorpio telling about kicking, front kicking Hulk in the chest while they're fighting. Yeah, I had never heard all that. Me, it's, it's it's crazy. Bischoff acted like he had never heard that story. Like, yeah, I find yeah. that hard to believe that they're all touring together and he had no idea. You know, yeah, but <laughs> Scorpio trying to rip Hulk uh, it was funny. the back of the bus. Yeah, 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 and um. And the Nick Gage one was, I don't know, the Nick Gage one was really well done. I, I, it's interesting for me. I never met the guy, but we have so many people that we know in common 
Um, I can remember Dean Dixon telling me the story about, like, Mick Gage kicking him out of a locker room when Dean was employed by CZW. Mm. Like, he literally made him leave because he didn't like that that was a guy that he didn't know who he was that was in the back. Jeez. But he was collecting a paycheck. He was filming stuff for them. So, I I don't know, the whole thing was a little strange. Uh, The John Moxley stuff, because I know they're very close, but he's laughing about, like, how the guy wears a bandana around his face all the time, and then he goes into a rat, a bank without one. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> this bunny's dumb. He's going to be coming after me with a pizza cutter, isn't he? I just got a feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. What, what do you think about Velveteen Dream? All right. I, That's brutal. It's And you know what? And he came out, was it yesterday? pretty much explaining everything that happened. And a part of me goes, well, why didn't you do this when you were with the company? But then I started to wonder, maybe the company told him just to keep quiet. Yeah. But um, he's a guy, I remember to say on this show, I thought he was the can't-miss superstar. I thought he's the next big thing. John Cena was saying he wanted to have a WrestleMania match with him. You know, he he was only what twenty three at the time or something like that. He was uh, yeah. there was nothing else like him on TV. I would get into arguments with people because people were like you know MJF is the next big superstar. And I'd be like, nope, it's it's Dream. And that was what two years ago, and and yeah. now and now yeah. he's, he's gone. And it's like, damn. Why I was like really, and I'll tell you what, like he outlined the entire thing and like how he claimed innocence and everything, and it was like. The whole thing is kind of weird because usually you don't get fired for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, it was really disheartening to me because I think in the back of my head, I thought even if this doesn't work out with WWE, even if they end up letting him go, and that, certainly the writing seemed to be on the wall. It's funny because they said he was backstage at Raw and they didn't use him. My first thought was, oh, my God, they let him go. I, mm-hmm. and, and I just thought, well, they <laughs> there, there's no way. But they did. They did. And um, in his, like, you know, in his big, like, you know, statement thing, he talked about the Velveteen Dream is now dead, and he's just um, just uh, Patrick Clark again. And I found that really yeah. interesting. Because I always kind of assumed if he was exonerated, and mm-hmm. if all the stuff he's saying is true, then he should be exonerated, I assumed he would be doing some version of that persona whether it's in Japan or Ring of Honor or even AEW, wherever he goes, he's going to be doing that persona. They might you not see. I wonder because yeah, he put a lot of time in it, and that's really all he knows. And he it was all him, enough. apparently. Yeah, he went from tough enough straight to the Velveteen Dream. I wonder if they let him go. I saw stories about him like acting crazy, and apparently he was. You hear stories about Shawn Michaels being you know, untouchable because Vince loved him so much. And it seems like he was like Triple H's Shawn Michaels because he would get, I, I heard there's stories about him getting in trouble backstage and nothing would ever happen because they saw so much okay. potential in him. But I wonder if you would see things like, oh, he's on NXT, Fire Velveteen Dream is trending on Twitter and this and that. I wonder if it was more of the outside voices and they just figured we can't do anything with him right now because it's always going to come up. Let's just get him, yeah. get him, let him go. Now, if he happens to be cleared somehow, 
and, you know, all that stuff is gone, then I wouldn't be surprised if he shows back up there because it seemed like everybody loved him. Or he's the next Enzo. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, it's so much. I mean, Enzo so much waste potential. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But people didn't. People thought Enzo was like a jerk, right? Isn't that the the? the... Yeah. No. Nobody liked. Him. The only guy who <laughs> yeah. went to bat for him was Big Cass, and people ended up not liking him. So. Yeah, it was picking up for him. It's um. Which is funny because Carmella had such amazing longevity. I was just saying last week she made history. With Daniel Bryan leaving SmackDown, she's the first, she's the only person left who was drafted to a brand in 2016 and is still there. And when they put them together, I thought she was the one that, I thought she was holding them down. I was like, why did they put her with them? They don't need her. <laughs> and now look at it. She's the last one left. Uh, she's still there. Barely, but she's there. It just, um. I, I kind of, yeah. No, I was gonna say this. It sucks. I, hopefully, he can get his he clear his name and everything works out for him. He's still young enough to where he can survive this and probably still going to have a pretty good career. So yeah, wasn't he like nineteen when he did Tough Enough? Like he was really young. Yeah, yeah, he was a yeah, he was a baby. I, I like they. I saw a story. Yeah. It was him and him and Leo Rush came up together as like the two young guys from Maryland. Okay, I didn't, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I um, why I really thought he was cool, um, was because that was all him. Like he developed that entire persona, he fleshed that out. Um, and it isn't very often that you can go to them with an idea, and you get to see your idea play out on television. But they had enough faith in him and the way he was doing it that it worked. And you just don't get that level of creativity from most people, especially that young. No. Usually yeah. you're in the business a good 15, 20 years before you figure something like that out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, I don't know. And he wasn't, and like you said, it was all him. And usually when you're that young at anything, somebody has to kind of do it for you and show you the way. And it seems like he didn't, he didn't need that at all. Yeah. Well, I want to um, I want to go to Tora because Tora sent me a video and we got to we got to talk about this. What, what's going on, Tora? Tora, are you there? Uh, no, all right, Tora's oh, not there. Oh, okay. <laughs> she sent me a vi- video of a baby on the toilet telling his dad that he was peeing, not pooping, and I said we have to talk about this on the show. And she's like, "Are you serious?" You have to talk she's like, about You're this crazy. On the show. <laughs> it's like, Daddy, I'm peeing, not pooping. That's cute. Uh, but then she messed it up by going to the bar. Like so many other people. Wow. Uh, yeah, story of some people's lives. I, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely want to talk about Buff Bagwell because, um, first of all, it's a shame. <clears throat> because this guy had all the talent in the world. Um, I was so sure, if you ask me, uh, in 1996, if he was going to be a world champion someday, I would have unequivocally unequivocally said yes. There was no doubt in my mind that he was on that same track as Scott Steiner and Booker T and uh, so many other guys that were kind of, you know, just kind of climbing that ladder, you know? And uh, at some point, 
at some point, I don't know if it was like when WWE lost faith in him or if just WCW not being around anymore. At some point, this guy lost his way, and it's horrible to see. I was a huge Buff fan. Me me too, going back to um, when he was with Scorpio, the aforementioned Scorpio. I loved him in Scorpio. Um, I I loved him in American Males. Hell, I even loved him when he was in uh, American Males. He was in Stars and Stripes with the Patriot. <laughs> and the Patriot yeah. was a tag part of um, Yeah, he was I think, great. I, I think when things started to kind of go down, downhill for him a little bit, remember when he got hurt? I remember when he, he, hurt, he hurt his neck. And yeah. instead of him, like, turning him into, like, this big baby face who overcame and blah, 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 they had him join right back up with the NWO again. And I remember thinking, well, why are yeah. you doing that? Like, why are you putting? He, 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 he could yeah. have been. I, like, I wrestled him right after that happened, actually. Did you? Yeah. That was, a, he that was right been, after that happened, yeah. He, he could it have could been, been like, the biggest story of the year for them. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Just turned him, they turned him hill again and put him right back in the end of the year, and it was like, oh. And it, from there, it was kind of like a down to trajectory. And then he had another chance in, WC, in WWF, and him and Booker T had the bad match, which. I understand, but it didn't hurt, hurt Booker. But then you hear stories about right. he couldn't get along with people backstage, and I was like, okay, that that was it. So what were your impressions of Buff? I mean, kind of coming. I mean, you guys are kind of contemporaries. You're around a lot at the same time. Like, what was it? What was it like to be in the locker room with uh, with Buff Bagwell? Oh, it was always great to me. I mean, in the matches we had over the years, I mean, it was great to be in the ring with. Yeah. But you know, I never. You know, we always gotten along pretty good. Yeah. I, I've never heard anything bad about him from that time, you know. I, I, the only things that I hear now are, like, issues that a lot of guys sadly go through. I, I was looking at this uh, this recent arrest, and, um, I, again, I'm not saying all this to run him down. I'm just kind of reporting facts. But to think that all this happened, Eric, it's 11 different charges uh, just from one traffic incident, one one time getting pulled over. But they cited him for speeding, failure to yield when entering an intersection, giving false data to a law enforcement officer, hit and run, following too closely, reckless driving, driving within a median, driving under the influence of drugs, duty upon striking a fixed object, driving on the wrong side of the roadway, and having an open container. This is all from one stop. I did not know it was all of that. Jesus Christ. I, I was just reading it. Like that to me, like that's um I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. But it mm-hmm. almost comes off like a cry for help. Like if okay. we're watching the buff documentary, this is the part where he talks about turning his life around. Yeah, and I hope I hope that's what happens. Because like you said, that's Me too. That that that, that has to be yeah. a breaking point. Like this has to be all right. I've hit rock bottom. What do I do now? I wonder how much different uh, it would have gone if WWE wouldn't have got letting go of him when they had that incident in like 2001. Like if they would have just shown him a, a fraction of the patience that they show so many other people. You you gotta think it would have worked out for him, um, or he would have had him. 
he would have had enough chances to fall on his face because he he had the charisma. He um he had the look that Vince McMahon dies for. Yeah. So you, you you would think he had all the tools to make it work. I, I mean, Booker made it, and Booker had all the tools, and only difference between him sure. and Booker is Booker, Booker is a like Booker stayed out of trouble. That seems yeah. to be the only difference. And Booker was a couple so, steps ahead of him, like in terms of like progression, but he could have been there. Yeah, I mean, it worked for Hurricane, and Hurricane was lower on the totem pole than him when they got there. That you, you could argue it worked for DDP, who was old and at that point not able to do nearly as much. Yeah, he was beat up. Yeah. Um, it just you look at like you watch those old. I know I go back sometimes and I watch the old Nitros when he was first turning heel. He just looked like a star, and he was just like imagine yeah. Vince would have got what Vince would have got him in his late twenties. Imagine what Vince could have did with him. Tag team champion with Judy Bagwell, like this is great. This is great. <laughs> just bumping the stuff. That guy was, yeah. It was like everything he touched was just like amazing. Um, I yeah. Come out and he would just. Uh, I remember um, they'd have like Scott Steiner tell a bad joke and he would just laugh at the joke and it wasn't even funny. He had like this great hill cackle, like all these things, yeah. man. And it was just. Uh. If they didn't. Um, because he was one of those guys that got lost in the NWO, like you said. Like, it, mm-hmm. if they weren't so faction-oriented, I have no doubt he would have jumped out to the top. He would have been, he would have been right there with with Booker, with Jeff Jarrett, with all those guys that were kind of coming up at the same time. Yeah. You hear. Um... Chris Jericho tells a story that when he started getting really, really hot, he was like goofy Chris Jericho. They wanted to put him in the NWO, and he said no. He said, you know, Eric kind of Bischoff kind of looked at him like, what are you crazy? It's the hottest thing on TV. And he goes, look, I appreciate it, but I don't want to get lost in the shuffle with everybody else. I just, I just yeah. become another guy if I join the NWO, and it kind of like buffed after True. a while. He just became he became another guy after a while. Yeah. I mean, they managed to make Sting and Lex Luger and Conan just another guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So anyway, I I know we went off off track there, but uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely um, was a huge Buff Bagwell fan, and I'm really hoping, yeah. I'm really hoping that uh, that everything's okay with him. I mean, I am. it just it just dawned on me. We were talking about Scott Norton. He was in a tag team with Scott Norton. They called him Vicious and Delicious. I was trying to remember what together. that team was called. Yeah, yeah. They were amazing together, and they did nothing with those guys. They just <laughs> sent them to Japan. Like There were so many opportunities they had to, to make him into something so much more than he ended up being. Yeah. That's That's funny. That's funny. Um, I, you know, I, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like we ran through everything. I, I, I don't have anything else. Right. Did Derek, did you have an opinion on the, the pig dying? I mean, Larry Steve is one. <laughs> it's sad. I've, I've lost. Steve is like quick Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I've lost the pig. I've lost the pig. Um, my grandfather, well, I didn't lose it. My grandfather killed him so he could eat it, but I've lost the pig too. And, uh, <laughs> 
Okay. Well, like the thing with that is, and, and again, like, I mean, I'm not an expert on this kind of stuff, but I feel like that's usually why you don't have livestock as pets because if something happens, it's very hard to get someone to help take care of it. Yeah, because they, she said like the vets were turning her away, right? Because they said he was like too big. Yeah. Yeah. And I she mean, had a vet. She mm-hmm. had a vet specifically for him. And they were like, yeah, like that's beyond our abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, like you said, sometimes it's just best to keep those type of, unless you live on like a farm or something like that. It's best just to keep those you, pets. Uh, yeah. You know who had a pig? Who? Besides Liv Morgan. Maestro had a pig. Yeah. Oh, well, he's, he's, he's country. He's from the south. But yeah, of course. Yeah, he is. I said, I, I said, I'll bet you that pig had a lot of room to run around. It wasn't in an apartment with Ryan Cabrera all day. Nah. Yeah. The, the pig. That would kill my spirits, too. The pig that my, my grandpa had. My grandfather lived in, um, he lived in Augusta, Georgia. So he had a bunch yeah. of pigs. And, you know, he, he gave right. us all a pig. And eventually the pig. Like Henry Godwin. Oh, it's like Sean yeah, Webb. The, they each get a pig. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, <laughs> Yeah, I had a pig. My brother had a pig. My cousins, we all had pigs. Yeah, and then Pop Pop. Did you name it? Back and, yeah, his name was um his name was Bebop from uh, the Ninja Turtles. Bebop. Was a, <laughs> nice. Bebop nice. from Rocksteady. That's yeah, cool. And, uh, and then Pop Pop uh, killed him. <laughs> God, God damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, uh, WWE announced this week that uh, that they're going to return to live touring. That they have a, a a set schedule, like a concert almost thing. You know, they're announcing dates through September, and I guess after September they're going to see if the government didn't back down and make them go back to the. I don't even know, but uh, it, it's. Uh, I, I, I wonder if they would have announced anything if AEW hadn't have done it. No, probably not. It is. It, it, yeah. And definitely because of what AEW did. And um, I'm kind of glad they're going to get in front of crowds with A to make the show easier to watch. But B, the crowd the crowd will be able to tell them what's working and what's not working. So, you know, Vince can't push what he wants to force feed us because the crowd will boo it if it's no good, hopefully. Yeah. I I, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, but I, I feel like it's definitely a move in the right direction, especially if you're talking about outdoor uh, but even indoor at this point, I mean, the NBA is basically returned. I I expect that uh, I haven't been watching hockey. Don't don't ask me why. Uh, so, but I I would assume that they mostly have fans back. It it, it just it seems to be the way things are going now. You know, yeah, now that more I, and more people are getting vaccinated. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I went <laughs> I went to Chipotle on Saturday, which is across the street from the Coliseum. And you know the Islanders are playing the Penguins, and it yeah. was it was people everywhere. They were tailgating in the park, and I was like, "Well, damn! I guess I guess we're back, huh? <laughs> I guess the road isn't the same <laughs> yeah. anymore until it comes back." You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we were also talking earlier about uh, so AEW Double or Nothing is uh, this weekend, and um, their main event is particularly odd to me. So it's Kenny Omega. Who, uh, I'm not sure if you knew this. He's the Impact Heavyweight Champion. Uh, you wouldn't know it from watching AEW, but he is. But, but, yeah, <laughs> hell, yeah. 
In, in fact, you would think Don Callis is the Impact Champion because I've never even seen Kenny hold the belt. Uh, <laughs> but Kenny Omega against Orange Cassidy against uh, against Pac or Pac. Um, I don't know. Like I look at that main event, Derek, and I said it to Stro earlier. I I feel like um, this is just proof that they're not doing a good job of positioning other guys getting the next guy ready. This isn't a main no. event to me. This is a this is an opening match. Yeah, I when I saw it, I was like, well, this doesn't feel like it's a big deal. Um, I thought Hangman Page would be ready by now to be the guy to beat Omega. Yeah, um, but that's what I thought like they were going to do. Yeah, he seems like he's just another guy on the show. Maybe they'll build him up later. Yeah. But, um, no, it doesn't feel. And it's it's funny because some people are telling me. Well, Danny Bryan's going to show up at the end, and that'll be the big program. <laughs> and you know, maybe I I, I doubt it, but um, I don't know. They they haven't really built up any credible challengers to to, to Kenny Omega, in my opinion. I mean, they want us to they want yeah. me to love they want people to love Orange Cassidy, and I'm sure some people do. But uh, oh, you agree? This yeah, comedy. I don't see. Exactly. I don't see him as, like, a world title, you know. I I can't imagine. I I think it would be shooting themselves in the foot if they do. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I thought, I I was looking at it, and I felt like there were two guys that they should have positioned. Uh, By this point, they should be getting pretty damn close. Uh, One was Hangman Adam Page, and I'm guessing he's going to be ultimately the guy that beats Kenny for it. That, That would be my guess. The other one is Miro. Um, yeah. Jim Cornette said Miro, you know, he wore a pink mini mouse shirt and now nobody's ever going to take him seriously there. First of yeah. all, he spent the last month running down um, his partner, Kip Sabian. So he's basically established himself as a heel. And now mm-hmm. he's taking on Lance Archer. I, I don't know. The whole thing is weird. If Daniel Bryan shows up, um, it's going to make it a mess. If he, I, I can't imagine he will. And if he does, mark my words, uh, he will be in AEW and still part of Total Divas. I can almost guarantee it. It's, you know, it's crazy. They, um, like, Miro is facing Archer. Yeah. So uh, uh, you're going to beat one of, you have to beat one of your monsters, which is what they always do that. They always take one of their monsters and they make them look I crazy. Know. And, and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and um, just a couple of little things. Like, like Christian Cage, he spent all this time feuding with Taz's group. He's not even doing a match against Taz's group in the pay-per-view. So what was the point? And I'm glad you brought him up. Remember when he came in and they called him a Hall of Fame caliber talent? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't even feel like that anymore. He just feels like another guy now. I can't believe that Impact made him feel more important than AEW has. I know it was 10 years ago, but still. Yeah, but he seemed like a big deal. Actually, it was more than really... 15 years ago. Damn, <laughs> I'm wrong it was. About that. That's right. Yeah, it was like 2015. <laughs> 16 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, he just he just feels like a guy now. It's like, oh. I, um, I'll tell you what I am excited about, and, and I really hope that AEW finally pulls the trigger. Uh I think that Britt Baker should win the women's title. You can tell that she's working with Adam Cole. You can tell 
that she's uh, I, other than the, I was saying to Stro earlier, other than the NWA women, I, I think Britt Baker is the most well-rounded woman on the roster. She can wrestle. She's a great persona. She's great on the microphone. She's funny. She's at, when she's on, people watch. Mm-hmm. And I hate to keep referencing Jim Cornette because people I know people get mad. But he was telling he was telling me he he expects he was telling me he was saying he expects her <laughs> to be like the first person to jump over from AEW to WWE because he said she can make a lot of money with all those women that they have in WWE like her and Becky Lynch her and Charlotte oh, sure. her and Oscar absolutely so, but, but she definitely she she stands out above their whole division she she shines brighter than a lot of the guys I know. Right. She really is one of their biggest stars. It's uh, it's saying something for sure. And, and there are. It's amazing to me that she could do all that without them really having a great women's division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty when, much when, just her. When two out of your top five are just people on borrow from the NWA, uh, you know it isn't good. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot of Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb are like NWA, yeah. NWA package. Yeah, they're yeah, not even right. like AEW. That's nuts. I, I mean, you have um, I can't think of her name. That that um, <laughs> the big one <laughs> with Nikki. Oh, um, uh, the the transgender one. Nyla, um, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, and I should have remembered it because she's done ECWA stuff. I um. <laughs> Where has she been? They put these people on TV, and then they disappear. Remember when Joey Janela was going to be, like, a big part of the company? Where is he now? Yeah. I don't think I've seen him since he fought John Moxley that one time. Yeah. It, it, Sunny Kiss. It, yeah. He's going to be huge. Where, where's Jungle Boy? Where's Luchasaurus? Where's all these people? They, they tried yeah. it out, and they said they were going to be different. Like, yeah. They do one month on, three months off. Yes, and now a majority of the talent you see on TV is ex-WWE guys. Yeah. You know, it's half the pinnacle with FTR and and Sean Spears. You know, you got Christian on TV. You know, it's... it's, (laughs) I don't want to say that... You got Tony taking on whoever Anthony Agogogo is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Who the hell is that guy? He's the evil British guy. They just have him show up one back. week and act like we all know who he is. Yeah, and we're supposed to hate him because he's British, even though he said nothing bad about America. <laughs> I don't know. And, of course, don't forget we're getting Sting. Oh, Sting and Darby right. Allen against Scorpio and Ethan Page. Why did they... Okay. So they broke... They broke... Scorpio Sky away from SCU, and I thought, all right, he's going to be the yeah. next breakout star. They did nothing with him, and then they put him back in the tag team. What the hell? Right. I don't know. And you know, because um, I, I don't think Ethan Page is taking that pin. I, I, think, I think Sting is going to death drop Scorpio Sky and pin him. Oh, Jesus. But I don't think Ethan's taking that. He's, 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 he's new, yeah, but he can't. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. All right, <laughs> it's baffling, but it's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I so, can yeah, see. So I that's, can see. So that's this weekend. Yeah, 
<laughs> I can I can see why Cody and the Bucks and everybody are like arguing with each other backstage now because uh, it's a lot going on in that company. I, I yeah, it's like as usual. They're just like. Yeah, it, it, it's it just had too much going on. It's just too mm-hmm. cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking. Somebody sent me something about the road dog, and I was just trying to figure this out. Because I feel like every four to six weeks, and I love the road dog. I always thought he was great. I'm a huge fan. I'm even friends with him on Facebook. Um, he, um, every four to six weeks, he says something. <laughs> that, like, I can't believe, if he was anybody but a legend, I think he would have been gone, like, a long time yeah. ago from WWE. Yeah, I see, he said I something about Le- Demi Lovato now. Yeah, about her, it's something she said about her being non-binary or something Non-binary, like yeah. And he, and I thought, he's very comfortable sitting. Yeah, I'm like, Road Dog, he must be very comfortable sitting next to Triple H. He must know his job is safe. Yeah, I would think <laughs> so. I would think so. Even after Billy got let go, you know? He's uh mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he said good for him. We have to be bold and stand up against the secularism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh <laughs> Well, I think that's um, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Derek, did you have anything that you wanted to uh to plug or to mention? <clears throat> No, just uh, everybody, if you get a chance, check out Ted DiBiase on NXT tonight. It's it's good. Yeah, it's good. definitely. And I love Cameron Grimes, so I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I, yeah. <laughs> I love since he became rich. It, it's just great stuff. Um, I also wanted to mention, and this isn't locked in or anything, but I'm excited because like, I've been talking a lot with uh, Tank Tolan, and I think – I'm going to be able to get him on the program in the next couple of weeks, it sounds like. So hopefully, fingers crossed oh, there, right. uh, we'll be able to get, was it Chad Dick or Dick Dick or whatever? I don't remember he, what his name he was in WWE. He was one of the dicks. Uh, but he's not a dick in real life. He's one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. So, uh, yeah, so thanks, Holland. If nothing else, we'll get some great Julian Hall stories, I'm sure. So. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. I probably won't talk about that too much. That would be like <laughs> asking the Blue Meanie about Jasmine St. Clair, I suspect. Oh, so. don't do that. <laughs> oh, he got so mad at me that time. I had no I idea. A, I remember you went on a rant about Blue Meanie. <laughs> why would anybody want to talk to him except for that? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant, you know, because mm-hmm. a fan, that's something that's of interest to me pulls together two very different interests that I have. So. <laughs> anyway, Stro, what do you got going on this week, man? <laughs> I just want to remind everybody, Thursday night, WCW Retro, 19 Eastern Standard Time on DSCNation.com. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Big Van Vader, Big Van Vader night. So if you got any cool moments, memories of Vader, call in Friday night. Of course, to my hard sci-fi show, Stro Zone. At midnight Eastern Standard Time on Facebook.com slash Joe the Maestro. The feature will be I Was a Teenage Werewolf Starring Michael Lenz. So uh, please tune in. All right, cool. 
Uh, thank you to uh, Joe Zanoli for taking the time tonight, everybody. Don't forget to check out ECWA Wrestling.com. Tickets and information on the upcoming shows June 5th, Heat Stroke, and July 31st, the Women's Super 8 Tournament. Both, uh, both have tickets and uh, streaming information available on ECWA Wrestling.com. So be sure to check that out. Thank you to all the callers. Thank you to the best cast I could ever ask for. Kathy, Stro, Derek, Ray, Matt. Uh, you guys are all amazing, and you make this job so easy for me. So much fun each and every week. It truly is the highlight of the week for me. So uh, that's going to do it, I think, everybody. Uh, be good to each other. Take care of one another. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. I love you all very much. Bye-bye.